FMX Network Production. You cast me, complete me till What's up, guys? It's Alex Gray, and you're listening to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. That's all we need is more fake news, Pulp MX bullshit. It's quality, not quantity, all right, man? Welcome to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. This is Dark Side from the Moto X Pod Show. This is the number one wrap-up show in the moto industry, where each week, myself and a couple guests wrap up and discuss the good, the bad, and the janky in that week's Pulp MX Show. But before we get started, I want to thank all the sponsors who've come on board. Guts Racing, Michelin Bicycle Tires, Seal Savers, and Motorsport.com. I appreciate all the help and support from those great companies, so please use them and support them. Also, feel free to reach out with questions, comments, or critiques by emailing me, darkside at pulpmex.com. All right, let's wrap this thing up. To be brutally perfectly honest i'm pretty tired I forgot that uh we made plans to come up here and do this with you today much right. prettier looking than tits did anyone tell talon that he's out of a job after tonight are we crapping on jet's title here no way go get another hundred grand that's is that appropriate tweeted tits all right the berm lords uh, are our texas guys they that are. you know them and why does ktm use wood screws put the plastic on why do they go to home depot <laughs> and just use wood screws dark side is not eligible to win screw dark side i love chiz chizen how am i going to make it to binghamton new york am i coming out of pocket on that or, or or what not a chance this is getting awkward i'm gonna go now that i would have sawed off jet's front end to, i can to tell where you he wouldn't doesn't get up jet's balls have been hanging down to his knees can he call in and fix me too <laughs> make sure it's before 9 30 because i knew when they came out of the gate paul was hanging the fucking left yeah blew my fucking doors off man <laughs> for bringing it up pod. again <laughs> will you stop touching your microphone i'm sorry look what you've done nick look what you've done all. nick uh, real good question my bike uh, only got uh, a wheel broke and a rear brake is fucked up and I got to change a bunch of stuff. But yeah, no problem. Yeah, everything's cool with me. So. It basically is. It's like 200 or 300 more square footage. Like, Isn't that basically the like same? like 400 and that's 10%. That was Courtney. I was going to GPs and talking to Curly before you guys even knew who he was. Just watch you just jerk off while watching the fucking bullet documentary. Yeah, why not, mate? Put your elbows up and fight for it. Charles and worried, mate. It's not like he's a, an, a wanker at all. Man, those questions oh, okay. suck. Uh, holy fuck balls, man. Mark's going to get it all tonight. 11 whole shots? Yep. Wow, he's good. Never seen such sweaty men. It's like when like women are super slutty. His package is great. My that's body, my on. choice, bro. I'm not just a piece of meat. Paul, did you know that uh, every stock, uh, every two-stroke KTM and Husqvarna and Gas Gas comes uh, stock with a Vertex engine from the factory? Pony Pod is doing a good job with the wrap-up show. All right, welcome back. The season may be over, but the wrap-up show is not. This week we uh, was a jam-packed week, so we have a lot to talk about. On the phone with me, I have two first-time wrap-up co-hosts. First up, brought to you by Michelin Bicycle Tires, a friend of Charles Caslew who was in studio, Mr. Clint Breslin. What's up, Clint? Oh, not much. I'm not tired. I am excited <laughs> to be here, and yeah. uh, this would be a, this is a good episode to recap. Yeah, I'm glad you guys are on. I will tell you that I am exhausted because I did go to Hangtown this week and traveled back, and I'm not used to that, so I'm pretty tired. But that's we'll, we'll get through it. I don't think I'll fall asleep during the show. Uh, next, brought to you by Guts Racing. From Pro Taper, Randy Valade. What's up, Randy? Oh, not much, man. Ready to do this. I uh, listened to the show, so uh, I'm looking forward to it. 
well, that's good. I'm glad you listened to this one because it'd be t- hard to talk about if you hadn't. Uh, I actually got in trouble for that on an early wrap-up show when Pookie, I think it was Pookie that came on and hadn't listened. or I don't even, oh, no, it was Daniel Blair. Daniel Blair, I think, came on and hadn't listened. And I just, uh, yeah, Steve wasn't stoked on that. So I'm glad you listened. Uh, yeah. This week, it's show 478 with Charles Caslew and Paul Parabinos in studio. Jet Lawrence, Davey Coombs, Danny Stevenson, and Phil Nicoletti were all on the line at some point. Uh, this week, guys, no technical difficulties on YouTube. I don't know if either of you watched the live feeds or go back and watch them. Had a lot of technical issues recently, and I think Mark's got all that handled, so that's good. We did have a new call screener. Uh, let's get your thoughts. First up, Clint, thoughts on the show, 4, 478, overall. Overall, a good show. I, I like Charles and Paul. They're a good combo. Seems like they're buddies with Steve, and it's uh, good comedy, and it has a nice flow just because they're uh, they're a good duo there. Yeah, they, they're both very knowledgeable guys, funny guys, uh, a little sarcastic. Like, Paul got a little snippy with a couple callers. I kind of laughed out loud at some of that stuff. Randy, what'd you think, man? I know you've been in studio before. I want to talk to you about that in a little bit. But what'd you think of Paul and Charles together? No, those guys do a great job, whether it's one or the other. You know, they, they're both very knowledgeable about the sport. They're, they're really into it. Um, I don't think they miss a, a thing at all, you know. I thought the guests were great. Um, I always love listening to Davey Coombs talk. It, it's fantastic. Um, Phil is, is great to listen to. And then obviously having Denny on as well, right? I mean, he's been around for so long, and it's great to get someone else's perspective on the whole thing. So, no, overall, I thought it was a fantastic show. I did too. And I always like the show, so I'm probably like a broken record saying that over and over. It's funny what you said about Davey Coombs, though, man. So I watch, <laughs> I watch on Monday nights by watching YouTube. That's every, every week I'm on YouTube for the full five hours watching uh, unless like last week they had problems. I had to switch over to Facebook, but um, people like the YouTube feeds interesting, right? So we had a lot of people or a couple people early on that were bummed like, Oh, this is the last show. What am I going to do for the next few months? And I'm thinking, do you guys not realize he keeps doing shows throughout, you know, he will to take a week off here and there, but people didn't realize that. So there was a lot of people bummed on that. And then a lot of people did not like Davey's call. Uh, they thought he they thought he was like talking too much. He was nervous, and I was going to talk about this when we talk about Coombs's call, but I guess we will. But it was interesting to see their response because some people did not like Davey. They also thought I was pretty creepy. Uh, I got a lot of that because of my <laughs> remarks to Courtney Marks. Um, so I got a lot of I got a lot of messages on YouTube and then in my my DMs that like and on uh, Discord like ah oh, dude Dark Side's creepy with all this stuff. I'm like man, I don't know. Did you guys think I was creepy? Uh, Kiefer seems to have normalized, uh, talking about, you know, uh, girls, uh, you know, uh, the significant others where, um, my girlfriend said that she was very pretty and we just left it at that. Yeah. Well, I know Courtney, like I've met Courtney, I'm friends with Mark. So I I just was having fun, right? It wasn't like, not like if I didn't know her at all, yeah, I can kind of see where it's creepy, but I don't, I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm friendly like that. I, I, maybe I'm creepy, Randy. I don't know. You tell me, man. I, I don't think so at all, you know. I mean, I think everyone's just trying to have fun at the end yeah. of the day. Some people take it, you know, one way when it, it's not really meant to be like that. But, uh, no, I didn't think you were creepy. Right. Well, if you guys stay tuned to the end of this thing, if you're listening, uh, you'll find out what Courtney thought, if she thought I was creepy or not, because I, I did a pre-record with her last night on her thoughts on being in studio. So stay tuned to that for that at the end of the show. I also want to give a quick shout-out to Steve Hall. He's a listener. 
He helps me every week with notes as well as Nick with Moto Limited. So I want to thank those guys. Um, let's see here. Randy, you know Paul pretty damn well. Uh, he almost forgot. He said he almost forgot. I don't know if he meant he almost forgot he had to do the show or he almost forgot there was a mountain bike ride. What do you think about that? Either way, like, it got busy, I guess. But, man, I, I don't think I'd forget that. Yeah, I don't know. I do know Paul very, very well. Yeah, he's one of my really good friends for sure. You know, we, we've worked together in the past. Um, I think some people think we're enemies now that, you know, he's at rental and all that pro taper, and it's not like that at all. Right. right? Our friendship is not based on business by any means. But uh, I know that he was uh, he was on a trip uh, the weekend prior, yep. a trip that I was actually supposed to go on. Uh, we, were, we, we do a thing every year for a football draft, and we typically go to Florida and hang out. So I'm sure he had a long weekend coming in maybe. The mountain bike ride might have been a little rough. I don't know. Paul seems to be in pretty good shape. But, uh, no, he, he's a good dude. And I've also known Charles for a very long time as well. And I, I, I like both of those guys a lot. Yeah, both great guys. Now, Clint, you're friends with, uh, with Chuck. Uh, how, how'd that friendship come along? Is it just from living in Texas? Because we know your dad. He told me in our text that you uh, own a track that Shorty rides at a lot. Yeah, I first met Charles when we were, you know, 15 or 16 racing the schoolboy class. And, um we, we just traveled and raced a lot together and it was a cool friendship because we always talked a lot about, about our future and just post racing. And he was always really smart and in tune with marketing and I was in the art side of things. So we kind of like almost planned out, you know, our, our future and being in the industry. So I went on later to work at MSR with uh, Charles, who largely set all that up, and that's how I met Randy as okay, well. Okay, cool. Yeah, industry's small, man. It's tight-knit. It's pretty cool how everybody seems to know each other. Randy, you kind of talked about you and Paul still being buddies. It's funny how people think those those business rivalries would equate to real rivalries when it comes down to the two, the people that work there. And I guess that's the case more so – I wish Chuck was on here. Like the goggle guys, the goggle uh, – the guys that go to the races seem to have a little bit of tension between some of them. Sometimes it's kind of interesting because I got my head, my hand bit off almost by somebody. I don't remember who it was, but I'm an X brand guy. And I was, yep. oh, I think it was, um, ah, oh, the guy that works for Oakley. I'm blanking on his name right now. Uh, Hedgy. Yes. Hedgy. I was joking with him. He had the Oakley rig and I was like, Hey dude, I stuck an X brand sticker on the back of your rig. And he didn't think that was funny at all. <laughs> I was like, dude, it's just a joke, bro. But anyway, but Hedgie's yeah. cool now that I know him a little bit better. But it, anyway, it's it's just funny that people think, you know, like JT would really be mad at Connor Olsen for, you know, supporting Fox or whatever. It's just funny. Uh, all right, let's get into the show. Jet, Jet wrapped up the outdoor title Saturday, and it was a hot topic on Monday night. Jet's first moto issues at Hangtown became a, a pretty hot topic. Steve asked pretty much all the guests, including Jet, uh, about what was going on. Let's listen. Did anybody think Jet was going to blow this thing? After, was it the third crash or the second crash? I mean, the first crash, I was like, okay. wasn't sweating anything. Right. Second crash, I was like, yo, what's going on? That's I, That was my thoughts. Again. I After the first moto, I thought, no, he's fine. Six, seventh or better. Couple laps. In, I don't remember the turning point, but at least a couple, few laps into that second moto, I was still like, mm, "Yeah, is he gonna? Yeah. Fuck, he's gonna blow this." Another one of these little tip overs. Somebody crashes in front of yeah. him. Like this is gonna get difficult. Phil, did you think that Jet was maybe gonna throw this thing away? 
man, I think everybody saw that there for a split second. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah, that that first crash is is kind of lucky, you know. You don't know. Uh, bang yeah. up a radiator or something, burn. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, right. Uh, yeah, I was kind of sweating bullets for him. I, I was watching him uh, watch practice with my dad, and you know they were showing Jet during practice, and he looked off every single lap. They never showed him take a good lap, and we're like, well. What's the race? You know, the gate drops, he'll slip into race mode, and then boom, he crashes. And then boom, he crashes again. And it's like, wow, is this really, is he really going to fall apart here? How exciting and how nerve wracking. He had to be just losing his mind. I didn't because he would have had to done something catastrophic. Um, I don't think he was even taking huge chances uh, to get back up the field. He didn't look like he was really pushing overly hard. Uh, Randy, I'm going to go to you first. So, other than JT, pretty much everybody was like, "Oh yeah, it, he might throw this thing away." Uh, what were your thoughts, man? Who were you? Do you feel like you were kind of siding with JT or everybody else? Where you were a little worried? Um, I wouldn't say I was really worried. I mean, he. I, I think that you know, like like they even mentioned on the show, you know, there was there's quite a few riders out. That this class wasn't as stacked as it could be. You know, mm-hmm. I think if everybody was there, it would have been a little bit of a different story. But I think uh, you know, just listening to Jet and. You know, saying how he he enjoys the pressure and it doesn't get to him. I mean, he he said that before as well. You know, so I wasn't that worried about it. You know, after the second crash, it was a little sketchy, and then the second moto, I don't know. I guess I was a little worried. I mean, I wasn't really worried at all. But I mean, you know, as far as as him, um, it sounds like pressure doesn't get to him, and he sounds like he had it handled. You know, so um, at the end of the day, I, I I think he put in a great season. I didn't expect that to happen at all. I thought he would just ride around in third or fourth. You know, and right. Just meant, championship i didn't see all the the crashes coming and all the other stuff but uh he definitely kept everybody on the edge of the seat that's for sure oh I, definitely man i was i was there and i was kind of by the podium clint and most of team honda had kind of they were standing behind the podium under the cover watching the race and i was watching them a lot every time he'd go down the crowd would go wild i'd look at them and just watch their reactions that was so entertaining uh, but I, I love a topic like this when Steve brings something up that's kind of a runner throughout the night and you get multiple thoughts and multiple opinions. Uh, and so I want to get your thoughts on this. You know, what did you think? Were you worried? And it's kind of interesting that Jet came on, and I don't know if I fully believe him, but he was like, yeah, man, no big deal. No worries. I was fine. You know Honda wanted that title. What did oh, Steve yeah. say? It, it had been since 96 that they had won a, a title in the small bike class, so – I could see those guys over there uh, really nervous, but man, Jed is just so casual. I don't, that he it's, is. he's so casual. And I guess that's why he's poised at such a young age, but uh, he was really flirting with that edge of uh, it being disastrous, but he, he just seemed like he was kind of cruising through traffic, passing those guys. And it seemed like you could tell, he thought he had it under control. So I didn't feel super nervous about it just because of that. And I think that's where JT was on it in comparison to everybody else. Yeah, I, I really agree with JT. Like, I was never really thinking he was just going to throw it away. I think, like, like he, JT was on point where he said it had to be almost catastrophic for it to happen. Like, you know, a, a mechanical failure in Moto2, that would have obviously probably done it. But other than that, I wasn't too worried uh, also, another issue he had, of course, was, well, not really what an issue, but his second Moto Gate pick kind of seemed to freak out Steve and a lot, and JT and all the guys. Uh, were either of you, Randy or Randy, were you freaking out when you saw that on TV? 
I don't know. I, I kind of. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be in tune to starting next to the, you know my championship <laughs> competitor by any means. You know. Sure. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I don't. I don't think you know Cooper's a dirty rider like that where he would try to chop him off coming out of the gate. Um, I would. I mean, honestly, if I was in sure. that position, I mean, he knew that he, you know, he needed points. Um, you know, Paul kind of nailed it when he said. Yeah, I mean, I've seen Paul do it, right? I mean, he, he's when he wants to win, he wants to win. So it was a bit surprising to me. I mean, I wouldn't have done that. But, I mean, listening to Jet, he thought it was no big deal. He's like, oh, he gets a good start. It's like behind him. I'm like, whatever. So that kind of caught me off guard. He is, I don't even, maybe he didn't even think about it, honestly, at the end of the day. You know, he's like, this looks like a gay, good gay pick, and I'm going with it. Yeah, I couldn't even see it because I was behind the big billboard behind the rider. So I didn't even know that happened until – later that night when I was doing the main event show and Daniel brought it up. So I was pretty surprised by that. Let's listen to the audio and then I'll get your response, Clint. Jet, we have to talk about this gate pick. Justin Cooper gets first pick. He goes uh, right in the spot and Levi Kitchen is uh, fifth pick and he goes in the spot. And Jet, you see the two star bikes and you go right in the middle. Very ballsy. Yeah, why not, mate? <laughs> why not? Okay, see? Problem really, like it's a. I mean, if you get a bad start, tuck in behind Cooper. If you get a good start, put your elbows up and fight for it. So it's a. It was a plan B. Don't worry. I wasn't worried at all. Plus, I know Levi. He's not really going to do no dirty to me. Right. So I wasn't worried, mate. Okay. okay. All right. Do you have a do you confident? Have... I yeah. I I admire his confidence. He wasn't worried. I <laughs> I was worried for you. I if I was Justin Cooper though, I'd be like ooh. Yeah. An opportunity. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but, yeah, he didn't uh, do that. So, Clint, yeah, I mean, you think that's just like youthful ignorance, uh, a little bit of flex, or, you know, where was the team at? Like, why was Johnny O, I guess, was right behind him? Like, you would think the team, somebody on the team, and Steve brought this up, obviously, like somebody would have said, not such a good idea. It was a bold decision for sure, and y you have to wonder uh, what the opinions of the other people on the team you know what what that was and uh but maybe he was trying to suck cooper into a little game cooper needed to win so maybe he was trying to uh get into his head a little bit of trying to make him not focus on the start and be you know worried about jet next to him so yeah. uh but it, it definitely was odd but maybe not as not as crazy to me as everyone reacted to well i texted jay coop and i said hey like, I, I don't think you'll answer this, but did you consider hanging a right out of the gate? And he laughed and he said, well, not right out of the gate. Cause that's pretty difficult. He said, but about halfway down, it crossed my mind. So, <laughs> so fair yeah, enough. Yeah. Props to Jay Coop for at least answering it. Honestly. Uh, hey, Gus racing was established in 1990 as a premier off highway seat manufacturing company offering high performance seat covers and foam for motocross, supercross and off-road competition. Guts Racing has worked with every top rider at some point of their career, from Steve Lampson and McGrath in the 90s to Ricky Carmichael, James Stewart in the 2000s, and today with Rockstar Husky, Pro Circuit, and many more. If it's style performance you want, you come to the right place. Check out GutsRacing.com for info on the many products offered, such as the Phantom Light Seat Foam. Uh, I got to meet up with Andy Gregg this weekend at Hangtown and go see the facility. That place is pretty cool. He showed me how everything works. Uh, and if you guys are considering a seat, Definitely hit up GutsRacing.com. Uh, like, if there's anything you want, he can make it. He makes it quick. It's, he's he's basically, his terminology was like, he's basically the Amazon of, of seats. He wants to be able to have that thing out in a couple of days and to your doorstep. He's got every piece and color 
imaginable on shelves and shelves and shelves of these things. So he can piece your seat together however you want it to look within pretty much that day, if not the next, and get it out. So that's pretty rad. Thanks uh, to Andy Gregg for having me over and checking the place out. Uh, okay, so the first guest was Davey Coombs. Randy, you talked about it a little bit. Uh, I want to get your thoughts, Clint, on Davey as a guest because, as I mentioned, YouTube viewers, their comments were, hey, I don't believe him with the COVID talk. They th- thought he was being, you know, way too politically correct. They didn't really believe him with the GL stuff. They said he was talking too much. He was rambling. He's nervous. And I kind of felt like, like, have you guys not ever heard a Davey Coombs interview? The dude loves to talk, and he knows so much. He just, that's how he is. But what did you think, Clint? It was a little surprising to me. I had to go okay. back and listen to it a yeah. few times to sort of digest it because I was interested in what happened to GL. Mm-hmm. And then the vaccine portion of the whole conversation just kept going on. And it seemed like Steve was trying to close out the call a little bit. And there was a final push of bringing it back up at the very end, <laughs> yeah, yeah. which I think that was like a tipping point to it. But just to go back to the GL situation, it really did. It, it was odd because it did shed some light to where GL kind of finding out about the image conversation and him potentially not being able to be on the broadcast all through the grapevine, you know, not from your employer. That's how I deciphered, you know, Davey telling, uh, explaining what happened. And I could see GL being upset about that. Yeah, I definitely see some areas where GL had a right to be upset, no doubt. Um, I had I had heard that, you know, he, Davey kind of confirmed that Ricky Carmichael was a consideration. And I, I had heard a rumor that he was going to do it, and then he backed out. And I kind of wonder if he got some of those – People saying, hey, man, you can't do this. You know, you know, got to stand united type shit like Emig was getting. And he actually backed down. I mean, I don't know if there's any truth to that, Randy, but that's just a rumor I heard. What you th- you already said you like Davey, but what did you like about it? I, 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 wasn't, I wasn't saying so much as, as liking the, you know, the, the COVID yeah, vaccine yeah. conversation of him. Um, I mean, I'll touch on it a little bit. I mean, I think it's, you know, you know, when he, when he said, Hey, you know, I kind of like what JT said, you know, it's, you, if you want to moving forward, it seems like if you're going to want to live your life and do what you used to do, unfortunately, you're going to have to wear a mask or eventually get vaccinated. You know, um, does everyone agree with that? Absolutely not. Right. I mean, it, it goes both ways. Um, you know, it's, it's a personal choice. I feel like at the end of the day, but you know, I, I'm kind of leaning almost that way myself, you know, I mean, I, I'll be honest, I'm not vaccinated, but um, you know, I think if it, if it comes down to it's something that I'm going to have to do it for my job or I'm going to have to do it for something my kids are doing or whatever it may be, then I'll face that when it comes. But as sure. of right now, it's, it's not, you know, so um, do I have a problem wearing a mask? No. If I, you know, when I fly, I got to wear a mask. I mean, is it comfortable? Absolutely not. But, you know, I mean, it, it is what it is for the time being. Um, you know, I think. Maybe, I mean, I don't know, if it, you know, the, the whole GL thing. I was just kind of, you know, reading what I read and hearing what I heard. And, um, yeah, it was a bum deal for sure. Um, you know, I think, you know, may, maybe there was some talk to some of these other guys like, oh, I wouldn't suggest doing it. You know, GL wasn't, you know, kind of saying don't do it. But, you know, I think I think at the end of the day, you know, Fro came in. He does a good job. I mean, he's done it before, right? Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. It was uh, – more on the Davy side of things, I'm just more into like the, the the knowledge that that guy has. I mean, he pulls so much stuff out of his hat when he's talking. It's just unbelievable, like what he knows about our sport. Yes, he's been in it for a very, very long time, but 
just to remember what he remembers, right? I mean, I've been doing it for 30 years, and I don't remember half of what he remembers. <laughs> exactly. What did you say, Clint? He is an encyclopedia of the history of motocross. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, he did miss – they did miss one good little fact in there, though. Oh, give it to the, us. The best number 13 or the most successful. Um, and we have the – FIM World Supercross Champion Heath Voss in 2004. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they yeah. did miss that. You are correct. Um, yeah, I think I think uh, that's funny. I, <laughs> I think that why people were disappointed with Davey, it's pretty obvious. I think it's just we're we're all kind of tired of hearing about COVID, and I don't think Steve, like you, kind of touched on it, Clint. Really wants. I don't think Steve really wanted to talk about COVID quite that much. Most Davey interviews are so much better because of what Randy talked about is, and you said the encyclopedia of Moto, he gives you so much history and he remembers so much. Those stories he can tell are so, they just wrap you up in the history of the sport. And I think that's what people really like about Davey. We didn't get that Monday night. Um, we did, he did make a point last thing on COVID that I didn't really even think about where we're, we're going back and forth about, oh, teams can't make riders do this. Some of the mechanics are, are you know, they're leaving the teams because of the the regulations that those teams are maybe, their current teams are bringing in. But then he's like, well, the stadiums can enforce that. And I didn't even think about that really. Like, it just didn't cross my mind. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, that could have a really major impact on our sport next year. And I just didn't even think about it, you know. So I, I thought that was kind of cool that he brought it up. We'll drop the COVID talk. Uh, Clint, yeah. I'll go to you on this one though, right? He asked, or they brought up two places that you'd like to see a, a national. And of course, uh, I think it was, was it, uh, Chuck that said cycle ranch, I think. That's right. He said yeah. cycle ranch and y- you know, I think, <laughs> I think, I think the motocross motocross fans in Texas are eager to oh, have yeah. a national and not at Freestone. No offense. That was a purpose built track. You know, we have tracks here that have been in it for the long haul. But I do understand the heat's a big factor, yeah, you know. Um, it's not – Texas is hot as shit, right? It's it's humid. But I've never felt anything like WW Ranch. And they're not saying that, oh, we're not going back there because it's too hot. It, it was a little disingenuous on D.C.'s part, uh, in my opinion, because if if the heat is such a factor, why are we running – amateurs at Loretta Lynn's qualifiers in Texas in May, June, July. Why are we doing, you know, amateurs at Loretta's, you know, if, if it's, if amateurs can do it, why can't pro athletes? Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't really, I've never really liked it's too hot in Texas as an excuse. I, I just don't like that. I know he's talked to Trey out at Swan in the past and, you know, and cycle ranch is a good place. Uh, you know, that's where I, damn near killed myself a couple years ago, but that facility is pretty fantastic. Um, yeah. All right. Well, anyway, I thought Davey, I was a little disappointed in this particular interview because of the content, not because of Davey himself, but Steve tried to steer it in a good direction there towards the end. They had some good stuff to talk about. So, uh, let's move on to Denny Stevenson. He has not been on in a while. He's always good. Uh, his Twitter's fun to follow. What do you got? What do you think, Clint? What do you think of Denny finally being back on? Because I kind of felt like there was a little tension between him and Steve on Twitter over the last few months. You know, honestly, I'm not super in tune with their Twitter okay. uh, back and forths, but yeah. I mean, I mean, having him on is just it just oozes '90s motocross, which is badass. And 
I just immediately comes in my mind is, you know, him and Krusty dropping in on a, on a helicopter at, at yeah. Glamis. But I really just appreciate that he is gung ho about dirt bikes and racing and still in it. And you can hear that in, in his interview that he's still following everything. He's, you know, he wants the dudes to go to the motocross and nations, no matter what. Um, is that really what their Twitter battle was a lot about? Yeah, there were some, there's a few different topics that come up and I don't specifically remember all of them, but that was one of them. There's just some things that they definitely haven't agreed on, but I kind of was, I think Steve was surprised that Monday night, Denny was kind of like, no, I, I do agree. I'm okay with the decision not to go this year because of the, the regulations. I think Steve was expecting him to rant a little bit. Mm. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Uh, he's been really stubborn on that. What, what did he say? Just shut up and ride. I think he said that yeah, exactly. Says, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the kind of stuff he said in the past, but then Monday night, he's just like, Oh, I'm not really mad about it. And you know, uh, he, he understood, right? I was, I was kind of, he said, it doesn't matter that uh, much. I love it. Not mad that they aren't going like, that's kind of what he said. So I, I, Randy, were you surprised at all with that? I was a little bit too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I was kind of always on, on, on Denny's side, you know, like I think, you know, it bums me out when some of these guys don't want to represent the country over there, you know, and that's the problem. Know, a, that part I yeah. agree with. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, but, but I completely understand this year. I mean, I, I was a little bummed when I heard the news, but, you know, it is what it is. It's tough to travel, especially overseas right now. And, you know, I, I, if we get over there and one of our guys gets COVID, like what's the point at the end of the day, you know, I mean, there would be exactly. no, no reason for us to go there. And, you know, they kind of touched on the whole money thing, you know, I, I that kind of, that is what it is. I mean, it's, you know, put something together where we can raise some money for these guys to go over there. I mean, I would think most of these teams and riders would have enough money to support it and be into supporting them going over there to, uh, to represent the United States. So, I don't know. I, I, Denny did definitely come around at the end. It was just like, no, I completely get it, which was a little, it did catch me a little bit off, but yeah. um, I, I thought it was cool that, you know, maybe he, he realizes now that it, it was a little bit different from then just the guys not wanting to go. I think so. I think so too. I think that you're right about that. And I, I believe I have a feeling we're going to Puerto Rico is not going to go either. I think that thing's going to fall apart. Just uh, I'd be really surprised how, how many teams actually, I'll be surprised to see t- too many teams show up at MXDN here in a couple weeks. Yeah. Um, the other stuff with Denny, like Denny was, it was pretty funny to listen to him talk about when him and Chicken were coming in studio and like Chicken texted him an hour before the flight. You know that that story was always good. No matter how many times they tell that story, it makes me laugh out loud. Uh, what about and also with Denny talking about Cooper Webb? I thought this was kind of cool that he said Cooper is like the most mystifying writer right now. Like the changes in his writing t- technique and how he's not riding outdoors so well because he's changed so much to be good at Supercross. Uh, Randy, I thought that was kind of insightful. He kind of called Cooper out a little bit. You know, not not super in your face, but that was an interesting yeah. topic for Monday night. Yeah, it's funny, you know, because, I mean, if you look back just a few years ago when Cooper was so dominant at 250 class outdoors, right? Like, it's, it was kind of weird to see him fall off a little bit. But, yeah. I mean, honestly, at the end of the day, for him to do what he's done in Supercross the last couple of years has been pretty phenomenal, you know? so Agreed. Uh, you know, I think it, I think you know the whole Alden thing. I think maybe he was getting burned out. It seems like a lot of guys that go there get burned out. Um, you know, I think it's just day in and day out the same routine. I, I it'll be interesting to see how Cooper does. I think he's still going to be really, really good moving into his new program for sure. Um, and like they were mentioning, you know, he's just he's gnarly, right? He wants to win. He's he's kind of a quiet guy. You know, I worked with him back when I was at Answer when we sponsored the you know the Star Team and stuff. And uh, 
he was always cool. I mean, he, he just, he was a hard worker, you know, and he wanted to win, you know, it, it was bad. And I, I see that in Ferrandis as well, you know, like they just want to win, you know, and I think he was probably getting down a little bit, I think at the beginning of outdoors and oh, decided yeah. He, yeah. he just make a change, you know? So, yep. uh, um, yeah, it was, it was cool here. You brought up Alden's. So Clint, I want to ask you, uh, your buddy Chuck talked about AP going to Alden's and being lighthearted and like that might bring a little bit of, lightheartedness to the team or to that program that that's going to be an interesting thing. I'm kind of on board with Chuck that like that I could see AP. It's really hard to not fall in with AP's personality and be like, Oh, this is like, this guy's awesome. He's fun. I, I, I really, I think it, he's right. I think Chuck is right. It's going to be really interesting to see how AP can affect that training program. Absolutely. If you have, if you're ever around anyone who's always positive and always energetic, like, I don't know how that's going to make the situation worse, Yeah, you know? So in that kind of grind where it's every day, you, you got to think that having AP around is going to make it more fun. And that, you know, kind of cyclically affects everybody putting in more work. I yeah, feel like, yeah. so I think it's a positive thing for sure. I do too. All right, Randy. So, episode four forty-seven. You were in studio with Paul Parabinos. Was that the first time you were in studio? Um, yes, it was. Okay, so talk about that a little bit. Talk about what it was like to actually be in studio. I always like to get people's thoughts on it. You know, like was anything surprising? Was anything? What'd you take away from that experience that maybe people you'd like people to know about? I thought it was really long. <laughs> really, <laughs> really. <laughs> Man. No, it was, uh, I did, honestly, I didn't think it was a five hour show when I first got there. Um, but it was fun. You know, I, I think what they've done over the last you know year or so where it's all live now on video, you know, it kind of makes you like, not so much nervous, but makes you really think about like, Hey, let's not do anything dumb. Like don't be picking your nose or don't be like, you know, <laughs> hey, don't sneeze on you. Yeah. About, don't touch the microphone, you know, and hey, you know, the TV's on, he's like, don't be watching the TV. And you heard a little bit of that, you know, on Monday night with those guys watching that that Raiders Ravens game. Oh yeah, and, uh, it's just funny. No, I had a, I had a really good time. I'm actually going to be going up there uh, here pretty soon and doing another show. So cool. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I don't know who the other if there'll be another host or not, but I, I will be going up there in a, in a few weeks and doing another one. Okay, uh, it, it's a it's a good time, man. I mean, Steve Steve's super easy to talk with. Um, you know, I, I don't get nervous talking to him. You know, he's he's got a lot of good things to say, and obviously he's super knowledgeable and he makes it he makes the show easy honestly he really does so i i kind of get the idea then that you're not a hardcore pulp listener like you don't listen every week religiously absolutely not okay see i did not know that that's that's kind of cool to have your input on this show then that, that's i i thought you were just a regular listener so um yeah. well working with pro taper you guys sponsor i believe the review show that he does or is it the moto 60 show or both the Moto 60 show, and then we're part of also the, the Paul Fantasy show. Okay, okay. So yep. as a sponsor, what do you see from Pulp fans, whether it be Pulp Codes? like the, the How much does he move the needle? Because it seems like it's a lot. Yeah, for us, I mean, it's a little bit different for, for Pro Taper, just the fact that we don't sell direct to consumers, right? So right. I, I can't do the discount code stuff like that. But, okay. You know, honestly, I feel like it's just it's a diehard group of, of riders and you know racers that listen to the show and you know for for him to pump up your brand and you know and you know for us it's great we have good products right um you know i feel like we're doing we're moving in the right direction we're doing things right and to be a part of the pulse show i think it's great you know i mean he shows me numbers the show's growing 
and uh, to be a part of it, it's, it's just fun, you know, and yeah. I, I enjoy listening to the, the, you know, the other guys that he brings on. And I mean, he gets some great guests, let's be honest, right? I mean, he just gets Jet right after he wins a championship and like people, you know, respect Steve now, you know, I think he's rubbed some people the wrong way in the past, but I mean, he's a media guy. That's, I like it. You know, yeah, I yeah. like when he, when he, you know, he, he fights for, you know, what he believes in and uh, no, it's good. I'm glad to be a part of it. Um, we're working on a deal to be a part of it again next year. So it should be fun. Yeah, that's good to hear. I, I'll i be honest, like when I first started listening, before I started doing a show of my own or quote-unquote media, like I supported and still support a lot of the brands that supported his shows. I mean, that's kind of how I got into fly racing. And I have Fusion Bars on both, Pro Taper Fusion Bars on both my bikes. Uh, now, that was Kiefer's suggestion, but because it was a pulp sponsor, that's, you know, what I did. Uh, you know, so yeah. I, you know, I have a works connection Pro launch device, no thanks to Heather Kiefer, but I have one. But that came from you know listening to Pulp. You know that's why I decided to go that route. So it definitely for me personally, his the people that support the show that I love, that makes me want to spend my money with them. Clint, what do you think, man? I mean, do you kind of do, you find yourself doing the same thing? Yeah, absolutely. I bought a Race Tech DIY Gold Valve kit, and I was like, I got to try this myself. Balling, <laughs> yes. So I, I found myself, uh, you know, ordering Maxima products, you know, it's, yeah, yeah. it's funny you hear it on there and it's like, well, uh, yeah, if it's, if it's part of the show, let's support them. Exactly. What's your history with Pulp? How long have you been listening and how'd you discover it? Um, man, I would say off, off and on, you know, probably since the beginning, but then as over the past few years, it's been a weekly thing for sure. Uh, I'm on the no wife, no kids program. So, <laughs> okay. uh, graphic sense. designer, I sure. I'm able to listen to things a lot. So I have okay. all the podcasts going. Fantastic. Uh, well, since you got those gold valves, you probably don't want to have to change your fork seals very often. So I suggest you go to sealsavers.com, use pulp 25 to save 25% off on a set of seal savers and they will protect your Protect your uh, fork seals from dirt, dust, and mud, and, you know, really, who wants to work on your bike and have to change that stuff out? So, yeah, get get you some seal savers. They are the ultimate protection to the off-road industry. And let's move on. Jet, generational or not, I don't know where you guys fall on that just yet. I've had this conversation with Daniel. I've heard this conversation on the Pulp Mech Show over and over and over. I really like the conversation that came up this week, week with Paul Parabino's comparing him to Dino. That was pretty cool. Let's listen. At the end of 2011, I feel like Dean Wilson's career was pretty damn similar. He won, just won the outdoor title. Similar race win. Right. Second year in the class. Right. Yep. Close to the Supercross title that year, but didn't win. I think he scored 538 points, maybe. I think quite a bit better than Jet. Eight moto wins. At this point in his career, he's pretty similar. Yeah. Like, right? Every yeah. 450 team wants him. Yep. yep. Hottest, hottest guy in the market. You know, good kind of... Yeah. Yeah, part personality for marketing, and whatnot. It's very similar to Jet. Jet's done it a full year earlier, I think, than Dean, age-wise. So guys like Daniel Blair and other people in the sport, Dean Wilson has never won a 450 race. Injuries hurt Dean. Yeah, no doubt about it. That's I, all about I, it, right you, there. Yeah. You mm-hmm. don't know, and, and what Jet is doing is 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 nothing that Stu, Ricky, those type of guys have done. But you know, you just never. It's hard to say. So right? you're, Too you're, early. You're pushing back a bit on the whole. You know, I don't know if I'm yeah. pushing back on generational. I could. I would call him generational, but I'm just saying yeah. that 
the success in the 250 class doesn't guarantee 450 class yeah. success. I yeah. think that's yeah. my biggest point. I'm saying his, his success thus far in the 250 class hasn't been groundbreaking, holy shit, he's, he's dominating, right? Like, I mean, he's no. doing well yeah. Yeah. at his age, for sure, yeah. and he very well could turn out to be one of the all-time greats, but up until this point, I mean, his his win percentage isn't something out of the off the charts. Like it isn't. It's not Stu. He it's hasn't not, done it yet. Yeah. It's, I think the biggest thing is that when you watch him ride and you look at him ride, like he's exceptional. We're all pretty impressed by his riding style mm-hmm. and and the way yeah, he looks on the bike. It, it and, seems something that he can maintain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean and everything. So <laughs> yeah, it's good. Uh, we're just not there yet. I'm almost thinking it's a flip a coin between Jay Coop and Jet next year. I'm with you on that. I don't know. When I watch Jet, it's it's different to me. Something about the level of effortlessness it just looks different to me with jet i truly believe it's going to go differently for jet than it did for dean uh clint this discussion this argument whatever you want to call it debate has gone for weeks now about this generational thing daniel blair is trying to take credit for that for generational uh but this the stuff they brought up monday night the the stuff on dino the stuff that paul talked about like that really I haven't been on board with a generational just yet for the same reason that all of them talked about. Like we haven't seen the dominance. I feel like we need to see for, for him to be generational yet. He's been average at times. This discussion they talked about with Dino tonight, like set or Monday night, set it all right there in your face. Like it, he, we can't call him generational yet. In my opinion, what do you think? The the intro to the the show definitely had some good banter where Charles is like, yeah. hmm, gen- generational, okay, and they 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 got into it, and I think Dino is a good comparison, but the the only difference is is Jed is two years younger, so to me that's like a big difference, um, and I think when they're having that initial conversation about it, they come back full circle to it's the eye test part, right? There's like, he's phenomenal on the bike. There's something there that he's doing that, that nobody else is doing really. And I think that's what JT alludes to as well. So to me, that's kind of where I almost side with Daniel a little bit on this, where with Stu, with Ricky, when they were on the gate, you were excited and that's that's what you get with Lawrence for for me. You do get that. I, I still think the results aren't they're not where I want them to be to call them generational. Uh, sure. Randy, how about you? Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm kind of with you guys on that too. You know, I think you know they 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 you know compare him to Stu and to Ricky. You know, in my opinion, I think Jet riding style is phenomenal. Right? I mean, I was at Paula and I watched him race in that second moto, and he looked like it. Like they mentioned, he looked effortless. Right? I mean, he was just cruising, bouncing around the track. But you look back at like guys like Ricky. I mean, dude, he was wild, right? And but he won. You know, I mean, it, it bit him a few times, but I think his style is, is phenomenal. I think he's he's super smooth. Um, you compare him to those guys right now, I wouldn't know. Um, you know, they were they were super dominant. I, I think next year there's going to be some quick guys as well. Um, does he? I think he wins next year though. Honestly, if he stays healthy, um, I think he's he's. As fast, if not faster than you know, you look at guys in Supercross like Colt Nichols and and um, 
you know, Justin Cooper. But, I mean, Cooper's pretty smooth as well. I mean, he doesn't look like – you don't see Cooper get out of, out of you know, wick-whack very often either, you know. So a little bit of – he's got obviously a little bit different riding style, but he also looks pretty smooth on the motorcycle as well. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's, it, it's, a, it's a tough toss-up between, you know, generational or not. I mean, not. he's good, right? And, and, he is, and he is young. He is, is definitely young. I mean, you look back, what, three years ago, he was riding, you know, what the – uh, EMX class of the GPs, you know, at like 14. Like, I mean, it's it's pretty phenomenal of what he's done and, and where he's come from and, and what he's accomplished at, you know, such a young age. I, I agree with that. I'm not taking anything away from his accomplishments, what he yep. may do or his riding style. I just, I'm not quite there yet. I'm just, I'm, I gotta, I gotta see a little bit more. What about, yep. what about Phil Nicoletti, uh, Randy? This guy, like, it's probably the last time he'll do the ORW call, motorsport call in for a little while. Hopefully he's back in 22, but it has been one of my favorite things all outdoor season. The guy just cracks me up constantly with his banter, you know, with Mathis and, and Charles this last week about the trying to get a hundred percent deal done. I love the guy, man. I just think he's a, a perfect addition to the show. I, I do too, man. He's great. He's, he's, you know, obviously he's been around for a long time, so he's super, you know, he knows a lot about the sport. The banter this week was fantastic, you know, the, the goggle talk, all that, you know. I mean, Phil's in a tough spot though, right? I mean, he's, you know, he went up to Canada and raced and he came back and he, unfortunately he's been hurt. Um, you know, he's in a tough spot, so like th- those conversations are true, right? Like, yeah. Oh, you're, you're friends with, you know, Knowles, but yet you're trying to get 100% deal. Like, it's tough in his situation, you know. He's on the, the downside of his career and trying to you know i get those calls a lot on the pro taper side right like you get guys that you really really want to help out but it's like man like am i am i getting my bang for the buck on this deal or not you know so um and then obviously we all have budgets at the end of the day right so i mean you you, you try to pick the best riders i mean would i sponsor phil absolutely if it was an option you know um so it it, it was funny to listen to those guys go back and forth and then just the, the addition to the show i mean he he's, he tracks everybody up you know i think every time he calls car people get excited to listen to what he's got to say you got great stories, that's for sure. Yeah, that part, I totally agree with that. Uh, Clint, what do you think about Phil? Uh, you know, his his laughable negativity, it's just, it warms your heart, man. It melts your heart. It fits in perfectly on the show, for <laughs> sure. And I, and I think that, you know, the Pol- the Polt Nation's going to miss him after having him 12 weeks yep. in a row, you know, essentially. And, uh, but... I thought it was really funny when uh, Paul and Charles kind of corner him on the 250 deal there. They really got him, so that was that was pretty funny. Uh, yeah, definitely. He he was like, "This is this is getting uncomfortable." So, uh, and they bring up they bring up the the Jersey guys, uh, Mills versus Lawrence. There, I was wondering if Valade had any. Um, is is was Mills of your same age, Randy? No, Mills was a little bit younger than I was. Um, but, I mean, it, you know, to talk about that, you know, I, I think Mills was really, really good. Um, you know, J-Law was just straight. Sure. I mean, the kid, I mean if, you know, if, if he if he kept his head down and did what he needed to do, I, th- I think he could have won a lot more. But, um, yeah. you know, things happen. I mean, you can, say, you can say the same thing about Stroop and Izzy, right? I mean, those guys were, were top-notch, top of their class as well, right? I mean, some guys make it, some guys don't. Um, but yeah, it was that was a good banter. I mean, I think at the end of the day, based on you know results, obviously Lawrence won that you know won, wins that deal. But I mean, Mills was good. He just you know he, he didn't really stay around long enough to really see what he had. You know, exactly. Yeah. Uh, while Phil was on, they touched on a topic that we have already talked touched on, which is uh, Jets gate pick in Moto Two. But it led to the story, and you kind of touched on this already about 
Paul Parabinos. Chuck was telling a story, story about Paul Parabinos at Loretta's in 2015. Loretta's 2015. Paul came into the yep. last moto probably second or third in points. Tied. And, and he went right inside of the guy that was ahead of him in points. And I had the next pick or two picks after that. I rolled up right inside of Paul because I knew when they came out of the gate, Paul was hanging the fucking left. And I had the whole start to myself. Just cruising down the start. And Paul's taking out 14 people to the left of me. <laughs> Paul's over in the hot yeah. dog stand. Paul's over there. And everybody on the outside is going that way. And I'm just yep. cruising along the inside. Right, no right, problem. Right. Nothing illegal about that. Yeah, no. Right. right. They should have started better. I respect it. Uh, Clint, you first. First of all, that's hilarious. And I have seen Paul race once, and that was at – Supercross Futures in Phoenix or Glendale, what, three years ago, I guess it's been now or whatever. And, like, that dude seemed like he was lining up for the 450 Supercross Championship. Like, that's how serious he takes this shit. Uh, I I would like to hear more stories about Paul racing from anybody, but that was a funny one. Paul takes it serious. I think he's intense on that dirt bike. And I actually have a story. uh, 2006, I was Charles mechanic when he was racing outdoor nationals. And Paul was someone else's mechanic. I can't remember who. And we were at a practice track one day. And Paul is just going for Charles wide open. I don't even know that they knew each other at this point. <laughs> and, and the, you know, Charles gets off the moto kind of defeated and he's like, Oh, this dude's mechanic was just smoking me in the moto, you know, cause Paul was just incredibly intense. Right. Yeah. That's, that's what I gather. Randy, you gather the same thing. I assume. Well, is he like that? In yeah, business so too? I, yeah, he is. He is. He, he's intense, you know, but you know, I mean, that's, he's passionate about it. You know, uh-huh. I, mean, I was there in, I was there in 2015 for that race. We were pitted together. Um, I was working for answer. He was, he was at pro taper actually. And, uh, yeah, he, he was, uh, he was definitely focused. And when he, he was there to win, you know, at the end of the day, and he was going to do what it took to win. And, uh, I remember that start perfectly. Yeah. He came out of the gate and hung a left and, uh, <laughs> it, uh, and, and he did what he, he did what he needed to do. I mean, unfortunately the guy next to him, you know, it didn't work out so well for right. him, but, uh, you know, I've done, I've raced against Paul, you know, we've done industry races and stuff like that. And, you know, when he gets on the gate, man, he, he's there to win. And I respect that, you know, um, you know, as I've gotten older, I'm not so much that guy anymore. But I mean, I was kind of the same way when I raced too. And it was, uh, you know, you're there to do a job. I mean, not necessarily now as an amateur, but like even sure. at Loretta's, man, like, he is intense when he's there. And I, I like that about it, you know? I mean, yeah, it's you cool. spend all that money to get there and you want to win? Like, let's do this. Yeah, it's it's cool. Uh, Clint, I guess Jet would have been screwed if Paul had been lined up next to him. But you know who else likes to hang left out of the gate? Who's that? Steve Bathis. Vet, oh, does he? Vet Worlds. Have you not seen those videos? Oh, that's right. He, <laughs> he goes for it there too, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. You think he's, he you makes think he's been practicing his starts? I don't know. He better start because, yeah, he makes lefts even when he's there's nobody next to him that he needs to worry about. He just hangs a left. That's, that's what I was right. going to say. Is it on purpose or is it on accident? Oh, it was on accident. <laughs> yeah, you'd have to go back. You'd have to go back to some old shows. Um, to check out if you want to go to the archives – I don't know the number right now, but the show that they did right after Vet Worlds last year, go find that show. Uh, right. Randy Richardson was in studio, and it was just nonstop busting his balls. So yeah, it was good. He yeah he's his last two years at Vet Worlds, Steve's last two years, he has had really 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 bad starts. So actually, you know what? I need to adjust that. It was two years ago that he did the left. Last year, somebody else, I think next to him, did that. And he ranted about it. That's what it was, I believe. But either way, 
I have some video footage that I'm not allowed to use yet. That's pretty damn funny with Steve starts though. So anyway, yeah, that it was somebody else. I take it back for last year, but two years ago, Steve definitely had a terrible, it just the gate dropped and he went left. Yeah. And half the field gets taken out and he goes eight eleven for seventh place or something. Exactly. exactly. Uh, okay. Um, thoughts on callers, right? The pulp mix show, man, some of the foundation of this show is having callers early on. That's one of the things he wanted to do to make the show different. Clint, what do you think on average about the callers that call in? Cause look, Monday night we had Dustin who was asking why the Japanese bikes basically don't copy the KTM's front number plate. Uh, he doesn't like the little strap that goes over the bars and kind of holds the cable in place to which Paul Perbinos is why, like, why, why does your Suzuki have a Kickstarter? Just the way they do things. Right. But, uh, that was one caller. AJ had the call about basically a team race at MXDN. Paul Parabinos was pretty frustrated with that whole thing. I think he even got up and went to the bathroom during that call. Uh, but then we got a really great call from my buddy Nick at Moto Limited in Australia that we're going to touch on in a second. But, Clint, what do you think about callers? I mean, is it is it something you really like about the show? Could you get, take it or leave it? What do you, I think it's huge. And, I mean, goddamn, if it wasn't for the callers, I probably wouldn't be doing this wrap-up show right now. I think it's important for the show. It is cool to hear like the regulars call in, but it it doesn't seem like there's much middle ground. It's either they're mainly bad or they're mainly good. Yeah. And on this one, it definitely kind of messed up the flow at the beginning, having a couple bad calls. And there was one part that I started laughing where someone called an another two stroke question and you just <laughs> yes. hear Paul with this massive exhale, like, Oh, yep. we're talking about two strokes again. Uh, so that was, and, and I think AJ too, that you mentioned, he had a really good question last week. And, yes. and so some, you know, it's just hit and miss. Um, but Hey, it's a good platform for them to get some opinions from some people that know a lot. So I think it's cool. Yeah. I don't mind it. I think, I think sometimes Randy, Steve, there was one, I don't remember which, if it was the AJ one or the other one that I was like, dude, just hang up. Like it's, it's, <laughs> it's going way too long and he doesn't, hang up on people enough and, and i think he should because it's also entertainment value just do it yeah i i agree i i like the callers you know i mean even when i was on the show i mean yeah i mean there's gonna be dumb questions right i mean but that's kind of what makes the show right but yep. i mean like they say there's, there's never a dumb question just dumb answers but i mean there is <laughs> dumb questions let's be honest um but uh no i like it i think it, it mixes the show up a little bit you know it brings in some, some different perspectives from some people um, there is definitely some good calls. Um, I, I like it. I think, you know, I, I, I do a lot of like fancy football, right? And you, I listen to a lot of those podcasts and their shows they have, and it's the same there, right? They get some great calls and they do the other guys that just hang up on, right? Like, right, right. So it, it makes it, I mean, I think, you know, it, it's funny in a way on some of the dumb calls, especially when people get frustrated about it. It makes it, it makes me, I like it even more, you know? I, I do too. So I want to get to Nick's call. Uh, it, it led to a great topic that was talked about, um, but real quick, Nick, I want to give shout out to Nick still at Moto Limited because he will be hosting this wrap up show in two weeks. When I'm in studio for Pulp with Chris Kiefer, Nick is going to host it. He's supposedly going to do all the shit that I do normally, cut the audio, put the thing together. So good luck with that, Nick, because it ain't easy. But here's his call. Next year for Supercross, Eli Cermak, Dylan Ferrandis. Who scores more points out of the two? Dylan Ferrandis. 
Wow. Tomac and Ferrandis. That was quick. Oh, I don't think you can say that <clears throat> that quick. I just did. I go Ferrandis too because every so much stuff is changing in Eli's program, and Ferrandis is on this upward trajectory right now. It's going up, and Eli, I think there's a lot of unknowns. If Eli was staying on a Cowie going into the 22 season, I feel like I would probably pick Eli. I think Eli's experience is, a, is huge. My answer is based on them staying healthy from now until then. As much as we love Zacho, he didn't take the leap. The starts are so important. You don't have yeah. 30 minutes to work through the pack. You don't have a wide-ass track. His fitness was great, but in Supercross, it's not as right. important. I, I That's don't a know. big factor. I right. think his starts... Um, it's a good point. He, his it, starts are a real good But having said that, like I said earlier, I don't think Eli gets any better. It's just motocross. He's older, and he, he's been losing a little bit from his peak. And... And and so how is Eli going to take a jump? Eli yeah. might be worse. Look what you've done, Nick. Look what you've done. To all I of played us. devil's advocate a bit earlier with Eli, like saying, yeah. "What if the change of scenery, you know, really helps him?" But uh, my true gut feeling is the bike is good, but it is a lot different than what he's riding now. I think yeah. he's got a steep learning curve to to get comfortable. Nick, uh, real good question. Thanks, Nick. Appreciate it. Now you're going to get us arguing the rest of the night. All right. So again, that's how you do it. A good question. Shut up and let the host discuss it. So good job for, on that, Nick. I, I know you learned from me, so good job. Um, what'd you think, Nick? Uh, or what'd you think, Clint? Uh, good question. What'd you think of the response? And what is your thoughts on that? Perfect timing for this question, too, because it seems like we were talking about outdoors and everyone's like, ooh, I'm excited about Supercross next year, though, too. Yeah, we're already ready. <laughs> but I'm, I'm just surprised that, that Steve it doesn't think that, you know, Tomac plus blue crew, you know, isn't going to take him to the top. You just think that that combo right there, I'm, I'm on team Paul with this one. Um, I, I think that Tomac might be fired up next year, new team, a little bit of change, something to prove. Um, but for Frandis is phenomenal. So it'll, it'll be really great to see, but, uh, I th I'm going with Tomac. Okay, you're going, Tomac. How about you, Randy? Oh man, that's tough. I think uh, I think Tomac's going to come out swinging, uh, but it's it's hard for me to pick him over Ferrandis. Ferrandis just wants to win. I mean, I think we've seen that over the last couple of years, and I mean, it's going to be hard to beat him. I think you know, like they touched on earlier, he's on the same bike. You know, he kind of already has somewhat of a setting. Eli's going to have to do a lot of work to get to where you know he feels comfortable on that bike. I think so. Man, it's a toss-up, but I'm I'm probably going to have to go for Andis. Okay, good. I like that because that's I think that's where I'm leaning. Again, great topic. This is the kind of calls that people need to have because it got them talking. It gets us talking. There's difference of opinions. It's it's almost hard to even answer this question because one, obviously, we don't know, and they both you could see sides to either one being right. I'm going to go with Dylan too because I think, like you said, I think Dylan wants it. He, he's we're seeing how hard he works. He doesn't shut it down when he doesn't have to win. He just wants to win everything The the racing is all his life is consumed with right now. I think Eli will be good, but I think there's going to be a little bit of adjustment period. And Dylan's already been on that bike. I think he's already knows what changes he wants to make for 22. So I'm going to go with Dylan, but yeah, fantastic question. Okay. So we're going to go ahead and let Randy Valade go. He's got some family things that are coming up. 
We've got another guest, the the Dune Goon, Travis Mark's going to come on in just a moment. Randy, man, I appreciate you coming on the wrap-up show for a little bit. Uh, really cool getting a chance to talk to you. I've never had a chance to meet you. So always great to meet somebody new and have an industry person on the show. Definitely. I appreciate you having me on. Having me on. It was a great time. Thank you very much. Absolutely, man. Look forward to you being in studio here soon, or I guess you're, you said you're going in for something, whether it be a Pulp show or another podcast. But looking forward to that. Uh, once again, man, thanks. Thank you, guys. Have a good night. You too. That's Dark Side, everybody. The man. The man. Right? Yep. Like, yeah, he's the man. The, he man. the man. He's the man. Okay, that was a quick little break. We are back. Clint's still online. And the one and only Dune Goon, Travis Marks, has jumped in to wrap this thing up. What's up, Travis? You can always count on me. That is true, man. You always save the day <laughs> when I have an issue with a guest because I literally texted you I think about five or 10 minutes before I started recording and asked if you could jump on and you said, yes. So awesome. Well, I do what I can. That's one of the benefits of uh, working at home. I kind of have a little bit of wiggle room, so that makes it nice. Yeah. So before we get back into show 478 over the last couple of weeks on the wrap up, I've touched on some technical difficulties that you've been having. Nothing that's your fault. I even kind of remotely explain or quickly explain what's going on with the video stuff. But, and I've asked you this before, when that stuff is going south, like last week, or I think it was last week, you had to just totally drop the YouTube feed and just go Facebook only. How stressed are you? And is Steve flustered or upset with that in the end at all? No, Steve's pretty good about it. Like he, he, I think he kind of has the same mindset where he knows that I'm doing everything I can. And mm-hmm. sometimes things just don't want to cooperate. Um, last week with the YouTube thing, I think I had deduced that it was down to YouTube itself because uh, on YouTube, I was watching it on my Mac at the same time and it was fine. But if I opened it on my phone, it was uh, a little choppy. Like yeah. it would freeze up every every so often. Uh, but Facebook was fine after I had restarted it, and, and YouTube was not. So I think I had come down to, you know what? It's out of my hands, and uh, I've done everything I can. I, I restarted the stream. I restarted OBS, which is a software that we use to stream to both. Um, I know you're familiar with that one, Darkside. Yep, yep. We've been having problems, too. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's not always perfect, and sometimes things are just going to happen. And uh, I've, I've, kind of, I've kind of learned to just – go with it uh obviously it sucks and it's a little bit stressful but like i said all i can do is everything i can uh, which yeah. just sounds cliche but <laughs> sometimes it's, sometimes it's out of my hands and i can't really do anything so uh there's no point in getting too worked up over it and and getting all upset because i mean a few years ago i probably would have but you know as time goes on you learn that uh sometimes that's just how it's gonna go just so. how it's gonna go yeah i I, w- I need to learn to be more like steve then because when our stuff's a problem and i see tj over there across from me like frantically trying to fix something i almost like i start losing track of what i'm doing with my show and I'm like dude what is going on what you know so i i never see that from steve like he doesn't seem to even hardly react so that's cool Oh, uh, all right. Let's, yeah, and, oh, and sometimes he doesn't even know, like, he doesn't even know what's going on. Sometimes I won't even tell him right away. Yeah. Um, just in case it's something temporary and I can get it handled in a, in a decent amount of time. But if it's taking a little bit, yeah, I'll let Steve know, like, hey, uh, YouTube isn't isn't working or it's lagging real bad. Or I have, we're in a group text, me, me Steve, and Swisscore. Yep. Uh, and I'll have Swisscore jump on YouTube sometimes and say, you know, check things out, how things are going. Uh, so, but... I think Steve has the benefit of not like looking directly at me all the time. 
you know, I'm off to the side of him. So he doesn't see me, you know, every once in a while I'll be putting my hand on my head, stressing out a little bit. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't really see that. So, okay. and I think he's kind of come to the point too, where it doesn't happen enough, uh, you know, fingers crossed, knock on wood. It doesn't happen enough where it's like, we're, we're going to, you know, stress about it too much. Yeah. So I, what I'm gathering from this Clint is that I need to put my producer in a different room where I don't see him. <laughs> yeah you don't want to feed off those facial expressions i do there, not sure. i do not yeah. so once again travis marks teaching us although travis is not actually in a different room but that's just what that's where i'm going with it uh all right hey randy richardson a favorite of the show michelin motorcycle tires well thanks to him the michelin bicycle tires is on board the wrap-up show and i do i do the read all the time steve gives me crap for just doing the read but i want to give a little testimonial one of the listeners of the wrap-up show, a Pulpamex fan, uh, Brandon Meeks, sent me a message. He said, hey, the Michelin Pro 4 tires are great. For a fat, slow guy like myself, they roll smooth as butter, and they are pretty tough for a lighter tire. So if you guys are on, you're out there doing your road biking, go check out the Michelin Pro 4. Michelin, bike.michelin.com for all the details on Michelin's extensive range of bicycle products. I use the the wild enduro tires on my mountain bike. Steve, I think, runs the e-wilds on his e-bike. Fantastic stuff. They hook up like no other. So support Michelin Bicycle Tires and thank them for supporting this wrap-up show. Uh, Marks, we were talking about callers a little bit. We got into AJ, who called about the basically a team race at MXDN. We talked about... Nick's call with Eli, you know, asking who's going to get more points, Eli or Dylan. And we talked about uh, Dustin, who called in about the issue with the front number plate on the Japanese bikes versus KTM. So we also had a caller that had a question about Ken Roxon. And you watch a guy like Kenny, I can't help but feel like sometimes, is he racing himself and he's not racing the guys around him? And it's like he gets to a point where he's like, well, I've done what I can do. I'm at this point, and they're just going faster than me. It just seems like he doesn't ever pick it up and race the guys when they get there. No, um, Zach, you, I know, yeah, like, you got a point. You ever get caught from behind in a race? You beat, fight back rather, every time? I, you got the no, energy to beat the no. guy that caught you? Every rider has, like, his strengths and weaknesses, right? And Kenny's is to right. get the whole shot and sprint. I, it's hard sometimes when that's, a guy that's, catches that's you. You are encapsulating Kenny's issues, you know, in your call, wondering what's going on. I'll agree with you that at the, what was it, the last Atlanta, or even if Kenny can't do anything and he's, you know, yeah. to me, I, again, I've tried, I guess, putting myself in his position, I would have tried to do something to retaliate, Just even if it's a little greasy, like yeah. put up a fight. Yeah. So, Marks, I, I, this call, I, I took it and you know, put it in here because... I think this guy asked a question that a lot of us kind of are wondering about, right? Especially a lot of just the random fans, maybe people that don't listen to Pulpamex and don't get the inside information. They're kind of wondering this. Like, it just seems like he just almost quits or gives up. Paul was a little bit scrappy with his response, but made a really good point. Like, it's hard. Once you get past, it's really hard. Like, you'd already be going faster if you could. But I like this call. I liked kind of the conversation it opened up. Mark. Yeah. I think I think you touched on a couple of good points there. Um, with with it being something that's probably on a lot of people's minds, and and it doesn't probably get touched on a lot. And I think um, it's easy for us who are more involved all the time in the sport to to say like, oh, it's you know these answers are obvious. Um, but I, I don't think we I don't think we account for people that aren't 
in it 24 seven, so to speak uh, enough. And I think that's, that's where this question comes into play. And, and I think, like you said, Paul's point, like it, it's a good point. And I think he maybe was a little scrappy. I think maybe it was just his tone of voice. I don't know if he meant to be uh, knowing Paul, but yeah, it's, it's tough to say. Cause we always think that about Kenny, right? We think it like with the, the Houston or not the Houston thing, I'm sorry, the Atlanta thing yep. where it seemed like he kind of just rolled over and let Cooper go. And, you know, there was a few times, but I, I also think there were a few times this season outdoors where he, you know, he kind of put up a fight to friends. One of the, I think it was one of the last couple of races, friend has caught him and passed him. And he only finished the moto, uh, you know, maybe two seconds down where he, at the pace that Frandis was going, you would have thought that he would have finished a lot further back uh, when he, when he caught and passed him. So uh, it is interesting. I, I did like the question. I, it was one of the better calls of the night. I think uh, I, like you said, we had some, <laughs> we had some interesting calls We did on Monday. Um, but I think that was, I think that was one of the better ones. And I think it, it opened a good discussion. I think even when you get Steve to say, you know, that's a good question. I think, you know, I think you, you've brought something interesting to the table because he doesn't always, he doesn't always uh, admit that a caller has a good question. So for, for him to publicly say that on air is, uh, is a win, I would say. Yeah. That actually caught my attention. You're right about that. Clint, like normally even listening to that question, listening to that topic live Monday night before Steve said, you have a point. I was thinking he was going to blast this guy. Like, you know, I really expected him to kind of unload on the guy and say, what do you think he's doing? But he was like, no, yeah, you know, you had a good point. I was surprised by Steve's reaction. So Marks is right about that. You're right. I was surprised with that too. Um, Cause there was a tone there. And yeah. I think that's, that's what Paul reacted to. Right. Yeah. Was yeah. He was like, let's not disrespect Kenny here. You know, he's, he's an elite, elite rider. So it was definitely something that we've all been wondering a little bit of just like, Oh, he's so close. Is there not just a little bit more that he can give? But you know, at that level, everyone's so good and he wants to win. Yeah. So, you know, we, who are we to say that he's not given enough, but you know, it was, uh, an interesting question. It would have been real easy for Steve or anybody in studio to say, basically, do you really think that, Kenny's just given up. That's a stupid question. Why would a national, you know, a former national champion just give up? A guy has, you know, that that's what how they could have responded, but he he was more respectful. I he was like, yeah, because it does almost seem like he rolls over sometimes. But we have to know that he's giving everything he has. But for a caller to kind of question that, I think is a legit question. So yeah, it went it went really well. So I'm going to give Steve a little bit of credit for handling that call right because earlier. Uh, Marks, before you got on, I said he should have hung up on a couple of those callers that were kind of rambling for a long time. Paul was getting frustrated. Uh, we've already touched on that. But, yeah, so Steve, Steve's been doing pretty good with the callers lately. As long as you don't put a, as long as you don't call and put your kid on, I think he's okay, yeah. right? It's weird, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it was funny, like seeing Paul. You could see Paul get visibly frustrated with some of the callers. Like, yeah. Well, he got up and, and went he to the was bathroom. Sighing into the yeah, yeah. He, he got up. <laughs> he was sighing real loud into the mic. I know you guys said you already touched on that. Yeah, Clint, but, dude, yeah. It, was, it was funny. Yeah, for sure. We've also already touched on stuff with Jet Lawrence. Uh, some of the some of the topics we've touched on, but just as a whole. Jet Lawrence, man, I think he's a really a, a good kid. He's having fun. He's young, and I kind of brought up like youthful ignorance, you know, maybe not thinking about what Justin Cooper could have done, not thinking about some of the like. Not he says he wasn't stressed about crashing in the first moto over and over. Like 
Marks, he's he's just a really good guest. He has a great personality. He is still just a kid. He's having fun, man. Like, you know, I'm sure there was some stress. I'm sure there is a lot of pressure. But at the very least, when he is on Pulp MX, he's doing these interviews. He's just a fun kid to talk to. And, and I really like where the interview went. Yeah, you can tell he's just chill and laid back. And, yeah. and like you said, maybe he's putting on a little bit of a front. But if he is, like, he's doing it very, very well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think you can you can tell. I, I just put this on the Pulp Mix Show Instagram page, but the clip of them talking about his start position in, in, in the second moto where he chose to go in between two star riders and yeah. how that may have not been the greatest idea. And he was like, yeah, why not, mate? You know, yep, yep, I think exactly. that, that that epitomizes – jet lawrence right there like yeah why not he's he's so chill so confident at the same time the the mix of those two is is uh dangerous i, I would say it's dangerous and it's enjoyable for us so yeah for sure uh, yeah i i told the other guys that i actually texted jay coop last night like hey did you did you ever consider just hanging a right and his response which i've already said this but his response of well not right out of the gate because that's kind of hard to do but about halfway down i considered it so that was cool to get get coops (laughs) thoughts on that um clint steve asked him hey you just won this championship you know what are you gonna do you gonna buy a house what are you gonna do you know what are you gonna spend your money on and actually jet said yeah probably a house maybe a car that's a lot of money for a kid his age, dude. That's, yeah, it sounds like, though, he's got good people. Obviously, Mertz is in his corner. His family seems to have their head on straight. But that's this is that position where sometimes we see these kids take a dive, right? Too much money, too young if they don't have the right people in their uh, corner. But it sounds like he's good. Yeah, you know, Charles and Paul tried to provide a little financial, uh, you know, support there. And, and, right, and right. if it was a good timing or not, but. You, you have to think he's got some, some good people in his corner that are going to help steer him in the right direction there. Absolutely. But, yeah, that, that's a lot of money for an for a 18-year-old kid, no doubt. No doubt. So they, they talked about Jet's number, right? That's been a topic. They discussed it a little bit last week, I believe. Uh, they asked him about it this week. Sounds like he's sticking with 18. Seems pretty, pretty adamant about it. Um, everybody... What do you think, Claire? What do you think about the single-digit numbers? Is it to you? Would it be that big of a deal? Like if you, if eighteen was sentimental to you, he gave all the reasons, uh, which I believe I have that in audio in just a moment. But if it was you, man, I mean, do you really care about a single-digit number if you if you have a number that means something to you? Yeah, I think I think you stick with the number that has meaning to you. You know, these days it's all you know everyone mentions it building your brand right so if if he likes the number 18 he's just got to go all in on it and i think that's just going to pay off in his whole career uh because that'll just become his identity a little bit yeah i think so what do you think marks yeah i'm gonna echo what clint said i think i think the building the brand aspect is is big um i think he's got it enough and he's built enough around it already that you know, like eight is still in the number. Everyone keeps talking about, oh, you can do the double donuts. Like you can still do double donuts. You know, it's not like you. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's still there. Uh, you can have one in front of it. And I think he has done something similar like that. But um, while I get the the uh, reason for people wanting to do a single digit number, I think 18 is cool enough that, that it's it weighs out, um, you know, being okay to stick with 18. You know, if it were something different, like, it's like Jet said, it looks badass on a bike, or I don't remember exactly what he said, but I think it does. It looks super clean, and I think it's a sweet number. 
so for him to have it already and everyone knows him as 18, sticking with it, I don't think is a bad idea at all. I, I totally agree. RJ Wageman called in, privateer RJ Wageman, uh, because he needs some help with the number situation. We were talking about literally today about what we should do, but I think um, I'm probably going to stay with 18. This has more meaning to it. I won my first title with it. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I did it when I was 18. And uh, most people know me for the number 18, so uh, <laughs> I think we're probably going to stick with it. And plus, it looks sick on a bike. Uh, so, RJ, you want to tell them the bad news then, RJ? Yeah, the bad news is that I scored 22 points this year, and, you know, I'm on the cusp of maybe getting my first ever national number. And, you know, it would just be a huge help if you <laughs> drop down to that eight. <laughs> maybe I'd fall into the top 100. <laughs> We got some delicious R jerky. <laughs> a beef jerky deal. I know it's not donuts, but we right. can get you some R jerky. And I don't be think pumped. jerky's going to do it. I think cash <laughs> is better. RJ, that. we have you at 99. You may get it, even with Jet not dropping down. Okay, fair enough. Well, I'm <laughs> I track all that. Uh, all right. Thanks, thanks all right. RJ. Thanks, man. That's it for me. Thanks, guys. See ya. Uh, Clint, I liked it. I love, first of all, I love when riders – professional riders call in that aren't scheduled that they're listening they're paying attention to pulp it seems like everybody listens to pulp uh josh varese told me last night that he was listening to like the review show and heard him talking about you know daniel saying that uh he dm josh about use your own suspension when you go to factory husky like he heard all that so i love when these guys call in and i think it's kind of funny that he's asking for help you know offering up some jerky yeah, absolutely. You could you could hear the enthusiasm there because earning a top 100 number that's an accomplishment yeah. for sure. And I've definitely one of my best friends fell just short at number 100. So I, I hope he gets it. That was that was a good little card to slide in there, trying to ensure <laughs> that he gets that next spot. Yeah. But you got to understand why uh, Jet's not going to give it to him. <laughs> yeah, I definitely understand, Marks. Uh, I, I don't know if all the listeners know that. RJ Wageman and his brother, Robbie own R jerky who does help out with, they give some stuff away for the fantasy pod, I believe, or for the fantasy uh, winners. And Steve gave the email incorrectly Monday night. Way to go, Steve. Clippy, clippy. It's not rjerky.com. It's eat R, the letter R, eat rjerky.com. And Steve has a code pulp 20 to save. There's also another code, Moto X Pod 21, if you want to support another podcast. But the Broidson brothers use this money from their jerky to support their racing as privateers. So they're helping out with fantasy. So go back, go to eatourjerky.com, use whichever code you prefer, and buy some jerky, help the Wageman brothers out. But anyway, uh, Marks, hopefully RJ gets a national number because he texted me and said, dude, I really want a national number. That's funny. Uh, first and foremost, uh, the the R jerky is legit good. Oh God, it's good. Um, it, it's legit good. Like I'm not just saying that. I don't get it free all the time. It's not like I have a stack over here or anything. But they'll send some to Steve, and I'll and I'll take some, and and it's legit. So uh, I'll, I'll just echo what you said on that. Uh, as far as yeah, having I like the Wageman brothers, man. They're they they seem cool. Um, the fact that they can they've found a way to do something to kind of help fund their, their racing efforts, I think is sweet. Uh, their social media presence, I think is really cool. And they, they kind of embrace fantasy, um, you know, using that as, as kind of a, 
uh, way to market themselves a little bit to mm-hmm. the fantasy players, I think is really cool. So, yeah, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed that RJ can get that uh, get that number 99. Is it true that I think I saw that Robbie will stay 69? Yeah, I think so. I haven't heard that confirmed, but I believe so. Look at that. Yeah. At that. Yeah, they're, they're good. They're good dudes. I like, and like you said, I like when writers call in the show randomly sometimes it throws Steve for a little bit of a loop uh, and he doesn't he doesn't like when things go off track oh we've from, seen that uh, yeah yeah hey so, do you remember that? He, he handled it well I think do you remember that one time when Bradshaw called in randomly when Brad, oh oh yeah 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 I remember. you were there I remember that one time I was in studio I think yeah yep that's that's when you were there yeah, right <laughs> uh hey so speaking of our jerky real quick I, I actually have a sample pack right here the sizzling hot and this stuff is freaking hot I like hot stuff this is the hottest jerky I've ever had but it tastes so damn good I've got a sample pack here if a listener of the wrap-up show wants a sample pack the first person to hit me up darkside at pulpmx.com if you want the sizzling hot, I'll ship this stuff out to you. I've got a few other packs somewhere, but yeah, the the seven deuce deuce uh, black pepper brisket, I believe, is the flavor. I don't have it in front of me, but that's my favorite. There's a western, there's a teriyaki, there's a sweet and spicy. I think a couple others. Stuff's fantastic, and you can support some moto dudes, and they support the Pulp Mex Fantasy. So yeah, give those guys a hook up. Uh, let's move on to the race tech rant, Clint. This is almost always my favorite segment. Pulp twenty one to save at race tech. Uh, what do you think about the? Is that? Do you have a favorite segment, Clint? Well, there's a couple of good ones for sure. I do like the race tech rant, though. I'm always interested to see what that's going to be. Is it future headlines though? Is that your favorite? That's been pretty funny lately, for sure. I, I've been uh, finding myself practicing the or. <laughs> yeah, right. It's a, it, Travis, how many people call in with that now? Like, we've been getting a lot of rants. Or not rants. Uh, 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 a lot future of the, headlines. Yeah, future headlines. Yeah. A lot of people calling in. I think they're just doing it just to say or. It does seem like we've been getting that more, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It, it, it kind of went away for a long time and then we did a couple and and then it became a thing again. And now, yeah, we get callers doing it. We get tweets doing it. We get emails doing it. And, uh, we, we get talent not doing it. Sorry, talent. You're gonna have to work on that or buddy. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, Clint, do you have a favorite segment? I asked you and then I interrupted. Uh, man, I like them all really, but the, the race tech rants usually pretty good. Cause I, I like to hear Steve go off me too. Well, let's, let's listen right now. I'm not even mad. I'm just disappointed. Like once again, the live timing, like what the fuck is going on? Like it, it okay. First of all, you guys watch the races. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll just have Jet Lawrence leading, and then you'll just randomly see Jet Lawrence drop off the screen. Uh, a guy in 27th will be leading at one point. R.J. Hampshire was winning the overall at Moto1 this weekend. 40, that was the coolest points. part for me. Yeah. 42 points. 42 yeah. points. Uh, and then eventually it just went missing. So uh, would you rather just go missing like it did or continue to just be erratic spasms going on all over there? Dude, it's been pretty so. bad. I, I don't they know. Quit. They quit. They gave up. They gave up. They quit. really, really bad. What is going on, though? Holy fuckballs, man. Like, is, is, is the guy they're hiring, does he not know what he's doing? Like, seriously, does he, does he, is, he, is he not trained in this area? Mm-hmm. Does it, and also... Yes, the answer to that's yes, for sure. When you have problems at round one and two and three, and you keep trotting the same guy out, 
Without making a change. Without making a change because nothing got better ever? Yeah. It like, almost seems like it's got worse, to be honest with you. Yeah. Well, like Paul it's, said, final round, they just said, fuck it. We're not even uh, putting we'll it just up. Quit, yeah. It's always had its issues, but, like, I feel like why it, it seems worse this year than last year. I'm not even mad. I'm just disappointed. Holy fuck balls, man. So, Marks, yeah, he, he's not even mad. That's the worst, right? When... when... <laughs> Like dad sitting you down saying not mad I'm just I'm just disappointed that's that's so much worse yeah um, yeah yeah but... dude he's so right though the light timing on the screen it sucks it's terrible I don't understand it I don't there's no excuse for it really yeah it's really I, I want to get back to you here in a second Mark so I'm gonna go to Clint like he, Steve's right or I guess it was Steve I don't know who said it like how does this guy it's probably more than one guy but how do they not fire somebody if you can't figure this shit out? Like, it's not – Marks can do it. Why don't they just hire Marks? I don't understand why this is such a problem. Now, I have not watched this broadcast yet because I was at the race. I haven't had time to get back to it. I'm going to watch it this weekend. But it has been unreal. Yeah, at this point, it's almost like we're beating a dead horse with this. Yeah. It's just been continually bad. Um, but – I don't know the ins and outs of how the, the live timing works, but I, I think, you know, we alluded to it at some point that the, the crew just has been hit with COVID and they've been, they have a bunch of fill-ins now. And I think they're all saying it's just been getting worse. So I'm wondering if that has something to do with it, but overall it, it seems like there's a lot of improvements that could be made. Even, you know, from my perspective as a graphic designer, I know Marks knows a lot about the technical stuff, but it's just continual problems or areas that should be better. Yeah, I, it, you're right. I mean, it doesn't look professional, Marks. I mean, we don't see this in F1 or NASCAR or any – like, it, I, I can't – I shouldn't say that. I don't watch those sports all the time. I don't think that happens in those sports. Those – you know, we don't have the score to the Raiders-Ravens game, like, all of a sudden being – wrong and we don't have the quarterback for the Raiders on screen and it shows that it's a quarterback from another team or or somebody from ice skating or something like the, the things they get wrong or messed up on the programs for Supercross and outdoors is really unusual and then you have some of the same crew like I know Bondo's part of both programs maybe they need to do something different yeah, that's. Um, I, I won't pretend to know exactly how the the graph, the live graphics work, and how the the data is imported into that. Um, but I will say, I see the data that comes in from the AMA because we use that for Pulp Mix Fantasy, um, and it doesn't do what the the TV graphics are doing. If when, when they have the TV graphics on and it's you know guys are out of order and flipping back and forth. Like the actual live data from the AMA is not doing that, mm. so I, I that's that's really where my confusion is is how is there somebody manually like like dragging tiles on a screen? <laughs> to, yeah, yeah. To update where guys are in the order, like that's what it's that's what it seems like. To like me. a hacker, um, right? It's just so we it's just so weird. And if it were one time or like happened every once in a while, like obviously nothing can be perfect 100% of the time, then that would be a different story. But the continual uh, mess ups and issues and errors that they have, that's where it's frustrating because, you know, they know it's happening. You know, at least you would think they would know mm -hmm. it's happening. And I, I would assume so since they just took it off the screen entirely at Hangtown. But 
the the fact that they know what's happening and haven't figured out a way to fix it um like that's that's where it's concerning because like for me like obviously i know everything i do isn't perfect we all know how pole mix fantasy went in the first couple of years at a1 and like it wasn't great but dude i busted my ass to make it to make it right after yeah um, yeah exactly and, and it, it doesn't seem like they're doing that so that's where i think the issue is is, is yeah nothing's perfect we can expect mistakes every once in a while but the fact that that doesn't seem like they're trying to uh alleviate these mistakes and issues mm-hmm. is yep. is the problem agreed well once again pulpamex uh race tech rant is always almost always stellar uh I, i'm a little disappointed again this week that the co-host didn't get one maybe they didn't have one maybe they didn't want to do one but I, I generally like having the co-host have one, so we need to fix that, Steve. Next week, let's or in two weeks, let's tighten that up. When Darkside and Kiefer are in, we'll do some race. We'll do a race tech rant for everybody. Uh, motorsport.com tweet at tit segment with Courtney Marks coming up. We're going to talk about that, but I want to tell you guys got to go to motorsport.com for all the parts you need. Those who ride dirt bikes, motorcycles, ATVs, and UTVs know motorsport is the best place for OEM and aftermarket parts, riding gear, and accessories. I just ordered some parts a couple weeks ago for my 06. I've already mentioned that. Came in in a couple days. No hassle. No problem. Thanks to motorsport.com. They've got pretty much all the other sponsors of Pulp Mex, like Fly Racing, Guts Racing, uh, Renthal, Pro Taper. You can get all that stuff at motorsport.com, Michelin Motorcycle Tires. So just do all your shopping at Motorsport. Don't forget to use the little widget on pulpmex.com, pulpmexshow.com. Use that widget, click over. Uh, that way, at least Steve gets some uh, – he, he gets those hits, right? So they keep coming back, Marks. Yes, that's exactly right. And yeah. I get to I get to stay employed. So. There you go. We need that because if you lose your job, I mean, your beautiful wife, Courtney, might leave and it's all downhill from there. That's pretty much the only reason she's still here. So, yeah, yes, you're, you're well, right. If you want to <laughs> find out if that statement is true or not, hang tight for the end of the show. I told you guys I have a pre-record with Courtney and she she has some things to say about her, her husband. So. Oh boy. Yeah. Uh, and you wouldn't, you wouldn't tell me what she said. I have to listen. To yep, that. I told you you had to listen. Yep. Unbelievable. Yep. Yep. I'm just like stoked that I have her number now. Like I've, I don't even need to text you anymore. <laughs> so let me ask Fair you, enough. Marks. I don't know if you saw it. I told the other guy, I told Randy when he was on and Clint that I was getting on YouTube and on discord discord. I don't want to keep saying it the way that way, but uh, that I was creepy. Like I was, I was creepy with Courtney and they said I was creepy with something that I said on main event uh, the other night too. But did you feel like I was creepy? Uh, I didn't think you were creepy. I didn't hear what you said on main event. I haven't listened to that one yet. That was, um, well, with Courtney in general, like because you know I called in about the picture in picture, which I still think is a right. fantastic idea when she's in studio. <laughs> uh, I don't need that when Talon or Tits is in studio. You can do away with it. But right, no, I didn't. Maybe it's just because I know you. I don't. Well, that's I why it wasn't not. creepy. Yeah, I just thought of, I thought you were being funny, and uh, I think you know I think we we do that a lot, right? Not yeah. even just you, but myself, Steve. We all we say things that are just meant to be entertaining and funny, and I I, I assumed that's what you were doing. And if not, we're gonna have well, a discussion later. Well, but. legitimately, she's freaking <laughs> beautiful. I mean, she is gorgeous. So I would have no Thank problem you. staring at her all night. But yeah, I wasn't yes, just she's, being, a, she's a nice lady. Yes, she's very sweet, and you guys will find that out here if you stay tuned. Uh, but, no, on main event, 
Go listen to Main Event Moto from last week. Then Toolman Dan told a story from us hanging out Monday, or Saturday, Friday night in Sacramento. So, yeah, there's maybe you'll find me creepy then. I don't know. Uh, back to Tweet at Tits. Motorsport Tweet at Tits segment with Courtney. The only thing I really made a note of was the tweet about, does Gas Gas regret not signing Dylan? Clint, I would think so, man. That was a poor choice. You got to think so. Everybody wants a championship, right? And and someone who looks like they're going to be a contender for a while. Uh, but, hey, Barsha had a good season, too. He did. Yeah, minus but, the injuries. But, like, is there anything that you would think, anything that you would think, well, maybe if he was on Gas Gas, he doesn't win the outdoor championship. Like, I think he wins if he was on Hep Suzuki almost. He was going to win this championship or die. Yeah, the, his determination was pretty clear this year. And that gas gas bike looks phenomenal yeah. too. So you gotta you gotta think that would suit his technical riding ability uh, really well. So I, I think he gets it done regardless of what bike he's on. I think so, Marks. I might have been exaggerating a little bit with Hep Suzuki, but for sure, if he was on Barks Suzuki, he's all in. <laughs> Poor Courtney. <laughs> I know she. Uh, you know what's funny is I I picked. Uh, I don't know if I'm spoiling anything, but I picked out the questions for her to read. Okay, um, I assumed and, and, just, I, yeah. and just sent them to her. And when I read it, I didn't even think twice. I'm pretty sure I read it as Barks too because the way he had it, it was B A R X. There was no dash. There was nothing. But like obviously, I know it's Bar X. But I just read it as I'm speed reading through it. I think right, I read right. it as Barks, and so. She was uh, she was a little bummed. She's like, I sounded stupid, and I was like, I'll stop it. But here's the cool thing. I thought it was funny. Here's the cool thing, and it, she did not react live on the show as like, oh, I'm dumb or I'm a ditz or oh, I'm embarrassed. She just plowed through. Now it might have been funny had she reacted that way, but she handled it pretty badass. Like she had no issue being on camera, playing along, joking back, uh, you know, talking about. You know, your package, like she was, she was one of the boys and it was great. Yeah. No, she's a trooper. I tell, I tell her that all the time. She's a trooper and she can hang for sure. She's not scared to get down and dirty and she can, she can swing back at you when you, when you give it, you, yep. when you dish it out to her. So a lot of fun. Uh, I think she was nervous at first, but she was definitely getting nervous. And I asked her, I was like, if you don't want to be on camera, you don't have to, you know, stuff like that. And she was like, nah, screw it. Let's, let's do it. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to go all in. So nice. I think she did well. Yeah, she did a great job. So yeah, and and with very little notice. Yeah, yeah. The day it was the night before we had just got back from the lake for the weekend. Uh, it's late Sunday night, and and Talon was not feeling well, and so he said, "Oh, maybe we'll have Pookie do it." And I was talking to Court, and she said, "Well, I'll I'll come in." And you know, she was probably half asleep and not realizing what she was saying. <laughs> right? Yeah. So then the next, Steve was like, oh, "Okay, well, we'll figure it out tomorrow." And then he texted me. He said. He said, will, will court legit come in? And so I asked her and she was like, oh, I mean, I was kind of kidding, but yeah, if he wants me to. And uh, she was all gung-ho and a little bit before showtime, you know, we were getting set up and I was kind of going through stuff, the process with her. And she was getting a little nervous then, but I think once we started, she was she was good. Um, I tried to take some of the work away from her as far as like hitting, in, you know, segment intros and and commercial audio, stuff like that. So she basically just had to focus on the phone. Sure. Um, so she wasn't overwhelmed, but uh, even still, it's not it's not always easy, and it can be a little bit uh, stressful, yep. hectic, or nerve-wracking, I guess you could say. And, a lot going uh, on. Know, maybe, maybe I'm biased, but I think she handled it well. 
No, it seemed like she did. And again, she talks about a lot of that in the pre-record that's attached to the end of this uh, wrap-up show. So hang tight for that. A couple more segments before we're done. Once again, another contest, Clint. I really like these contests. Last week we had one. Uh, and then, you know, like the A. Ray Cade one. This week it was Paul versus Chuck. And it was a knowledge of the season contest. Uh, all for a Scotchboom bottle. Paul Parabinos wins. So, spoiler alert, if you haven't listened to if you're listening to this before the pulp show, I don't know what the hell's wrong with you. Uh, <laughs> but no, legitimately though, I love these contests, Clint. I think they're funny. There's something different. I don't think they need to do them every week, but I really enjoy when these things come up. I think it's something that I'd like to see like once a month, maybe once every couple months. They're just good. Yeah, absolutely. You could tell uh, the show like uh, catch caught a little more momentum here mm-hmm. at the end because of it. And you really got to see some fun between Paul and Charles. Uh, so I, that was, I was going to say that was also like one of my favorite segments of, of this show for sure. I, I totally agree. And Mark's man, these, these boom bottles, like they're, they're becoming hot items on the pulp show. Like people want these things badly. I mean, they're sweet. Why not? Yep. Um, yeah. I, I think, I think they're legit, and the fact that you can, you know, link them together and kind of make like your own little surround sound with them is is sweet. And a lot of people don't know that, but uh, yeah, it's it's becoming a hot commodity. You know, people come in and they want to do some trivia just for the boom ball. So I think it's I think it's funny. And uh, like I said, I think I think those two against each other was really funny. Yeah, I like them both. I like them both individually as people and on as guests on the show. And I think they bring their own like senses of humor. Uh, to the show, and I think they play really well off each other just because they're buddies. They've known each other a long time. So seeing them go back and forth on this on this trivia contest was was really good and really really entertaining. I wish I had been more prepared. I didn't have like the, the Jeopardy music ready. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't thinking about it. And then when I saw how long they were taking the answer, I would have like put a timer on on the Jeopardy music and had a buzzer ready, stuff like that. But uh, it, it, all in all, I think it was it was fun. It was it was good. Uh, okay, cut one more piece of audio or a couple more pieces of audio. I want to jump back to something that happened earlier in the show. They were talking about Eli leaving Kawasaki. Uh, how many wins Brian Kranz had with with Eli, and they brought up the stat that was pretty phenomenal. Uh, he missed one race at Kawasaki. His shoulder, uh, his crash, uh, whatever, round two yeah, was at Houston. Yeah, missed the second, yeah. He missed the Supercross, second Supercross that year. He made every other race for Kawasaki that he was eligible for. And that's and you really, look yeah. at uh, you look at the history of injuries in the sport, right, and how hard it is to stay healthy, and that's almost – that's not as amazing as all the wins, but, dude. That's that, amazing. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. And I think that's one of the biggest things why Eli commands a big salary is that stat right there. It's not so much that you know he's going to be in the fight to win, but you know he's going to show up every weekend. Like, Paul, I was I was very surprised when I heard that news originally, that he was going to go to start Yamaha. Right. I was like, what? Like, I, I never saw I it think coming. I was the first guy to pick that, okay. put that out there. I don't think he's going to ascend on the Yamaha. I think this is Eli beginning of a downslope, and there's nothing wrong with that. He's older. I still don't know who his mechanic's going to be, right? There's going to be some learning it's, to uh, do there. It's Cooper's guy, I believe. Yeah, I, I, I don't know how, how much Eli will improve either, if, if he won't, if he will, but yeah. um, I think working with Gilly was, will be the biggest thing for him that yeah. he'll enjoy over there. And, and maybe a change of scenery, change of pace, change of stuff, like, really helps Eli. So, Clint, yeah, uh, obviously that audio had a little more in it than I mentioned, but Eli only missing one race in his career at Kawasaki 
is unheard of. That's what a team wants, right? And as, as far as what he's going to do when he goes to Yamaha and everybody being surprised, I was also surprised. I expected him to finish his his season or his career at Kawasaki. Uh, and, and I also agree with Steve. I don't think he's going to get better. He's probably going to be gradually getting, quote-unquote, worse. But I, the, the one ra- missing one race, like, that's just unheard of. Yeah, durability in motocross is a pretty rare thing, but I, I wonder how his durability compares to Carmichael, right? Because mm. I think he was he was probably the most durable champion that I can think of off the top of my head. But uh, impressive for Tomac to go through all these grueling seasons, and it's just another fact that really uh, shows like this rivalry with him and Roxon, where I feel like they <laughs> yeah, have yeah. this these their opposite, you know. Tomac is the diesel. He goes hard at the end of the motos. He's the durable. Diesel. And then Roxon fast, quick, immediately, and, you know, has had a lot of injuries. So um, it, it's impressive. And it's something that, like Paul says, you can see why the brands value that mm-hmm. because just having that consistent presence is, is huge. Yeah, but Mark's a cool stat that, honestly, I probably, I, like, I wouldn't have looked that up. I only know that because I listen to Paul. Oops, sorry, I was on mute. Yeah, yeah, um, I wouldn't have known that either, and I don't think, how would you, honestly, unless you're, like, <laughs> digging into that stuff all the time. Yep. There's no, and you know, looking at analytics all the time, but that's, that's the fact that we can learn something like that from Paul. Obviously, it's not... Uh, you know, just pulpy. You can get that stuff if someone else were to do it somewhere else. But I think uh, the fact that we can get that and, and announce it and have it on air, I think that's yeah. sweet. That's, that's why people listen to pulp, right? Yeah, because that way I don't have to do all that work. I just listen. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Me neither. I'm, I'm so it's great. Yeah. Speaking of work, Pulp and Mix Fantasy is a lot of work. Uh, winning Pulp and Mix Fantasy to me is a lot of, a lot of luck, but there's there's definitely some – Hard work and knowledge, I guess, involved with that. So congrats to Vincent Murphy for being the overall winner, even though he won no prizes. Vincent Murphy, won. he's a privateer. He is also sponsored by EatOurJerky.com. So there's a uh, full circle for you. But Vincent Murphy. Uh, I, I ordered $100 worth of jerky while we were on the phone right now. So. Really? Which code did you use? Yeah. Uh, I actually didn't use a code. Okay. All right. Well, good for you, man. I'm giving, just giving them all of my money. Wow. Well, I'm going to text RJ yeah. and let him know that, that you did that. So maybe I'll throw you some stickers in there. So, yeah, that's cool. Good for you, man. Uh, but, yeah, congrats to Vincent Murphy. Congrats. God, I cannot speak. Congrats to Echo 690 for winning the Yamaha 450. Uh, also a big F you to Echo 690, but congrats. <laughs> Um, Everyone's always mad at whoever wins, right? Yeah, like, I'm not uh, really mad. I'm, just, I'm mad that I didn't win, not mad at the guy that won. Yeah, but you know, Chuck. hey, poor, poor Chuck. Two weeks, baby. Two weeks. I'm getting a YZ 125. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yep. We're gonna draw your name live on air while you're in studio. Damn, sure are. I'm gonna leave. Go to PulpMix. Go to PulpMix.com/slash/waverly and get your uh, raffle tickets, everybody. Do that. I've already done it. You, if you would, when we get done here, just let Steve know to go ahead and have it delivered to his house so I can pick it up when I'm there. Okay, we'll yep, do. Yep. yep. I don't know how I'm going to get it back on the airplane, but we'll figure that out later. <laughs> uh, uh, I do want to give a quick shout out or, or 
mention to the Raiders game Monday night, Steve loves yelling at people about looking at their phones, looking at the TV. Hell, he's turned the TV off. He's moved it at, at times, I think, at the other studio. But, man, Monday night he was pretty into the Raiders game with the tie and then the loss and the interception and the loss. I don't even know. I I got all my info from watching him. So, yeah. What Dude, do you think? It's, uh, it's, it's rough. It's do he, as he, I say, stopped, not as I do. Right. He stopped putting the races on TV. A lot of times previously he would put the races on TV while we were doing the show. Mm-hmm. And then he stopped doing that because the guests were distracted and watching the races a lot. And, and struggling to pay attention. And then, of course, like you said, Monday night, he has the, the football game on. And, and sometimes he's better at paying attention um, or not paying attention to or not getting distracted, I should say. Monday night was a really close game towards the end, and you could tell. So, um, Clint, could you tell that they were getting, like, is it distracting as a listener? Like, when they're getting distracted by the game on the TV, can you tell? And is that is that distracting for you guys? It, this I definitely noticed it on this episode that they were breaking to that quite a bit. Um, I'm just not a football fan, so the the drop was perfect uh, and he kept going to it. Um, but I was just curious: is Steve like is he a big NFL fan, or is it just that there's this new team in town? You know, where's all of his interest in this come from? Yeah, he's an NFL fan and a diehard Raiders fan. Okay. Yeah, he was a Raiders fan before they moved, right? Yeah, like, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. So yeah. his his team came to where he lived, so that's a big deal. Yeah, so he he was definitely sure. a Raiders fan. Yep. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> <I'm a> Niners <laughs> Nation, man, that was one of the coolest things for me being up in Sacramento was seeing all the Niners stuff. I love that. Yeah, uh, that's my that was my team as a kid because that's where my dad kind of grew up over right. over in that area. So. Uh, if I had a team, that would be it, but I don't care much, yeah. honestly. Well, I have not – I didn't listen to just the audio. Of course, I, I already mentioned many times that I watched live, so it was very obvious what was going on. It's funny how many – again, going back to YouTube, how many people don't know what they're doing because, like, what are they looking at? A bunch of people are like, oh, they're looking – they're staring at Courtney or whatever. You know, it's like <laughs> I don't think people really realize – there's a TV there, and, and even when he was talking about the game, people were like, why do they keep looking left or looking right? Like they're watching a game, dude. It's all good. Cause, yeah. Cause Steve yeah doesn't, I, he doesn't really lose focus. I mean, he did talk about the game, but it like if it was me, I probably would stop talking and not realize I wasn't talking and just be watching the game. So I feel like he does a pretty fair job of it. Yeah, he's definitely good at multitasking. That's one of his strengths. I think mm-hmm. we have a lot of we have a lot of stuff going on during the show in general. You know, we're chatting back and forth. He's looking stuff up on the computer sometimes. He's you know sometimes watching the game, or if, a lot of times during hockey season, he'll have hockey on even if it's not his team, which is easier because if it's not his team, he can just have it on and glance over it once in a while when there's an important play or whatever, uh, and not be too involved. But yeah, Monday night was was probably one of the worst instances i've seen of him getting distracted by what's on the tv well if, if you're a non-football fan you don't understand but that finish from everything i've heard was just an unreal amazing finish so it, it was worthy worthy of distraction i'm not going to hate on him for it um before we i got a couple more things but i want once again want to thank guts racing michelin bicycle tires seal savers and motosport.com for supporting the wrap-up show as well as thanking all the other sponsors that support Pulp Mex, go to PulpMexShow.com, click on the Sponsor Deals tab, scroll down, there's links, there's discount codes. If you don't see a discount code for a particular sponsor that you've heard on the show, 
contest at pulpamexshow.com. Steve will generally try to get back to you and help you out if he can. So you guys got to support these sponsors. It's what keeps these podcasts going. It's what allows Steve to keep upgrading his home every couple years. And we want that to happen, man. I mean, I'm getting in the damn pool when I'm there in studio. So thank God he's got a pool now. But keep supporting these sponsors. Next week, or off next week, two weeks from now on Tuesday night, Tuesday night show, the 28th, myself and Chris Kiefer will be in studio. Uh, it will be the day after MXDN, so I'm sure we'll be talking about that. Uh, Mark, Steve, as he always does, pretty much calls it the pony pod. So he said the pony's going to be in studio uh, we know that he gives me a lot of shit, Clint, about my hair, right? He tells me to clip it. He tells me it looks ridiculous. You've heard that, correct? Oh, yeah. So I had a listener, and damn it, I did not write who it was down. I apologize to that listener, that found some audio from an old show. I present Exhibit 1 to the court. <laughs> I like the pony. You had a pony for a while. Uh, I could run a ponytail. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, pony looked good. Yeah, thank you. That was Blake Wharton. Uh, again, didn't write any of the details down on my notes of what show that was. But what the fuck, Marks? <laughs> That's really funny. You got him. <laughs> you caught him. Yeah, but he's going to say, well, it looks ridiculous on you. Blake Wharton's a rock star. He plays music. I mean, he's going to come up with right. something to, legitimate, to, to legitimize his thoughts. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think the fact that you already know what he's going to say, is, is it pretty much says it all, right? I uh, think and so. And probably probably pretty close to verbatim how it would go so right clint that is fun that is uh, funny though it is, it is so thanks to that caller or that that listener i wish i could tell give him a shout out right now but i don't have it wrote down it wasn't even a name it was an instagram or twitter account that was like junky something or funky anyway thanks to that person i appreciate that uh clint but do you do you think it's really a little bit uh Rude or sad that Steve just finds so much time to make fun of me? Uh, I think it's funny, and it, at this point, it, it every time he does it, it's like ah, uh, he actually he dark sides his buddy, you know. So it's one of those things that like I feel like he's your friend, and then he can make fun of you. So it's uh, it it's been funny on the show. It is funny. I'm okay with it. We I actually met a lot of. Main event, Pulp MX, Moto X Pod Show, and even wrap-up show listeners at Hangtown. Uh, they were literally coming out of the hills of Hangtown. And yeah, I got a lot of like, oh, it's so funny. The intro is so funny. I don't know how many damn times I heard that. And I'm like, ah, it is funny. I get it. Okay. So thanks to the uh, voice of the drunken people for creating that. I really fucking appreciate it. Sarcasm. Uh, <laughs> but no. if Sorry, so can we... Can we talk about that? Like, if you were, yeah. if you genuinely didn't like it, serious talk. If you genuinely didn't like it and it bothered you, would you tell us? Yeah, it doesn't bother me. Absolutely, I would. Okay. Yeah. 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 All right. No, we, got, we got a we got a, a message, not a message, but someone left a comment somewhere. I think it was Instagram, mm-hmm. saying something about how we need to drop your intro because it's it's belittle, belittling and disrespectful. And how how why would you do that to a friend? And we were just like, that's why we do it because he's our friend. Yeah. Like. That would be my response. Like, if I'm not busting your balls or if I'm not flirting with your chick, I don't like you. Like, <laughs> that's what we do. I mean, when if you happen to listen to the Pony Pod, all I do is make fun of TJ. He's my buddy. That's that's just what we do. If 
I had that big of a problem with it, you guys wouldn't have ever got the audio. Like I sent you the audio because it was funny. You know, I mean, like I literally sent that audio of me crashing to you guys, either you or Steve, I think it was you like the night or the night after that it happened. I was in the hospital still like I knew it was hilarious. It was gold. It was going to be funny. And yeah, I mean, sometimes it's a little embarrassing, but it's funny. So it's all good. You're a good sport about it for sure. Yeah, Clint, I appreciate it. I I don't, the only thing that kind of bothers me sometimes is, and I guess Steve may hear this is him calling it the pony pot all the time because my show, I, we do work very hard and we are trying to get more people to know that it exists. So I do sometimes wish he would call it by its actual name, but I know he does it for comedy. And when it comes down to it, it, you know, it's Steve must appreciate what I do some, to some degree because he hasn't clippy clippied and he hasn't like he takes my call when I call in. So I, I'm OK with it. That's just the way Steve is. Uh, it's all good. If he you also do wouldn't decide, invite you in the studio. So. Exactly. Yeah. What's that, Clint? If, Sorry, go ahead, Clint. If, if you do decide to cut the pony, I mean, there could be a whole show about that. Let's <laughs> auction it off. Yeah. It goes to charity. I tried lots that. of. Lots of good could come out of it. I tried you know, that. If, and if you want to do it. Steve being Steve, I tried to do the auction for the Yamaha Privateer Fund at the, the live show at Three Palms in Houston. And my idea was, yeah, let's cut. I, I was going to cut 18 inches off anyway to donate to wigs for kids, right? To give away to kids that need wigs after cancer treatment or whatever. And I was like, let's cut it. And, but we got to raise money. If we raise enough money then I'll do it or whatever. And he's like, no, I want all of it. Not 18 inches. I want it all. And he wouldn't budge. So I wouldn't budge either. So we didn't do it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, well, I do have marks. I mentioned this a couple weeks ago on this show. There is one thing that Steve could offer me that I would probably cut the hair off for. Oh, oh. I'm oh not going to talk about what that is on here. And I don't think Steve would do it, but there is one option. I have a feeling I know what it is. You'll have to text me after. Well, why don't you say what you think it is, if you want. Uh, would it be putting the Pony Pod, the Moto X Pod Show, on the Pulmix Network? Let's move on. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, we're about to wrap this thing up, so I want to... Pony Pod is doing a good job with the wrap-up show. Pony Pod is doing a good job with the wrap-up show. Pony Pod <laughs> is doing a good job with the wrap-up show. Thanks, Steve. All right, guys, I think that's it for episode 478. Uh, Again, thanks to all the sponsors. If you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, uh, hell, if you want to come on the wrap-up show, darkside at pulpmex.com, and maybe I can get you on here. Steve's kind of cut me off on some of the random listeners a little bit, but hit me up. Uh, If you send me a really shitty email, I'll probably read it on here, so that could be fun. Other than that, uh, Clint, how'd how'd you like it? Oh, it was a great time. Thank you for having me. Yep. Uh, I look forward to, you know, doing it again sometime, hopefully. Absolutely, man. Anytime. Thanks for Charles Caslew reaching out and getting me in touch with you. Anything else about 478 you want to touch on that I missed? Uh, just one little good note in there that, you know, rumor was that maybe Osborne's not retiring. Fantastic that news. Was, yeah. That was news to me, and I liked hearing that. So I, I hope good. that's the case. Yes, I like that too. Marks, anything? I know you didn't catch the beginning of the show. Was there anything in particular throughout the show that was like a really stood out Monday night? Any highlight? Anything that really kind of grabbed you? Um, 
man, it's tough for me to say because a lot of times I'm busy and I can't, yeah. I miss a lot of I stuff. Know. Uh, I, I do think it was a, a very good show overall. I, like I said earlier, I do enjoy the camaraderie between um, Paul and Charles. I like them both separately plenty enough as it is, you know, even when they're in their co-hosting alone. So to have them both in there together, I think was, was really fun. Um, so yeah, uh, overall good show, I think. Uh, and the producer was sweet. I, I liked the new producer. So, <laughs> yeah, I thought you were the producer. I kept calling her the call screener. Is that her title? Um, yeah, call screener. I mean, the, do titles mean anything at Pope Max? Not really. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Was, I actually meant to ask you. So before we wrap this up, how was it having her there the whole time? You know, it's sort of the boys club a little bit, you know, maybe it's a little bit of time away from your wife, uh, but it was good having her, huh? You liked her being in studio? It was, it's, uh, I was kind of up and down from my spot a little bit. You know, she had questions here and there on, mm-hmm. on what to say when she called, you know, Davey or Jet, for instance. Uh, you know, we went over a lot of stuff at the beginning of the show before it started, but it's so much to remember. Um, that you know, I was kind of up and down a little bit, but I didn't, I didn't mind it at all. Uh, yeah, I think it would be easy to be annoyed in that situation, like, oh, here I have to go help again or do something. But like, I didn't, I didn't get that at all, and maybe that's because I was trying to be patient with her. Um, but I, I think, I think it was fun, honestly. I didn't mind it at all. I, I enjoyed having her there. I don't know. Don't tell her this. I don't know if I'd want her there every week, but uh, <laughs> it, it was it was it was fun for for a one time thing for sure. And I, I don't okay. think it would be bad to have her back if, if we needed a fill in at all. Well, she did mention. I you know when I, I mentioned to her last night on what you guys are about to hear in a minute that I'll be there in a couple of weeks. She's like, oh well, maybe I'll come back in. So maybe <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and hey, something else I was going to tell you. This is not pulp related. I'm sorry, Steve, but you were talking earlier. We're talking about the cameras and OBS and having issues with the camera that, that goes over to YouTube and all that. Um, I got a funny story with our show, I guess. So a few weeks ago, we got done recording, and I was doing some testing with trying to fix the same problem you guys were having, the audio sync. And mm-hmm. I was trying to figure out what was going on. And instead of doing a private YouTube stream to test it, I accidentally <laughs> went public and I'm, I'm like in my boxers, basically no shirt walking around the studio, going from camera to camera. And I didn't realize probably over an hour and it might've been two hours. And some of our listeners started texting me that I'm friends with like, dude, what are you doing? And I was like, what do you mean? So yeah, I was live for a long time in my underwear trying to figure some stuff out. So that could go sideways. That's incredible, honestly. Yeah, I deleted it instantly, so only a few people saw it because it was pretty late at night. But, uh, yeah, great times. All right, that is a wrap for the Pulp Mix wrap-up show this week. Stay tuned for Courtney Marks. We are out. May as well be called the fucking Dark Side Pod. I love you so much, Dark Side. It's all awesome. All right, I've got a special guest on the line, as previously mentioned. Last night on Pulp Mix, we had a new call screener. By far the best call screener Pulpamex has ever had. By far the most attractive call screener Pulpamex has ever had. The lovely Courtney Marks. What's up, Courtney? Hey, how's it going? It's Thanks going for good. having me. Yeah, yeah. I wanted, you know, for the wrap-up show, I wanted to see how everything went, see what you thought, what the process was like for you. So let's start this off by, like, how much notice did you have? Obviously, show was Monday night. Uh, tits and talent couldn't make it. When did you find this out? 
um, like Monday early afternoon. It wasn't, I didn't even get 24 hours notice. I just, <laughs> um, I, Travis kind of told me what was going on and, um, I kind of jokingly said I would jump in and like, Oh, I, I got this. I could do the phones, you know? Yeah. And he's like, no, really? I mean, I think that'd be cool. I, we could, we could make that happen. And I was like, Hey, I mean, if you guys think it's cool for the show, let's do it. And so I just jumped in and figured I'd wing it. So we did it. That, that That's pretty cool. It kind of shows a little bit about your personality. You're kind of a uh, free, what's the word? Free, uh, free spirited, free I guess. Spirit? Which, yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I like a lot of people, especially probably some females who aren't super into the sport, super comfortable with all the guys calling might be like, yeah, I'm not super comfortable with that, but you just jumped right in. Yeah. I figured why not? You know, it's a, what's the worst that could happen. I get fired from a job I'm not even employed for, you know, I mean, <laughs> figured I just throw out my best shot and yeah. see what happened. And, uh, it, it, it wasn't the worst thing that's ever happened. So nice. Yeah, it was fun. So how much time, like when, did, how much time did Travis, I'm assuming he's the one that trained you. Like how much time did you have training wise? Was it just like, well, here's the phone, figure it out. Or do you have an hour? You know, what was the process? Yeah, like? no, not even an hour. Oof. I mean, we really, we got there like, um, uh, maybe 40 minutes before the show started yeah. and you know, he's got his own job to do. So he oh, kind yeah. of gave me a brief on the phones, which really isn't too complicated. Um, so just, I mean, I just kind of had to get thrown in there. Obviously I have his number so I could bug him throughout the show if I had anything and he's only a few feet away. So if he needed to get up and help me out, he was there, but, um, it wasn't too bad. I think the worst part was me throwing everybody off by a female answering the phones. I got a lot of, wait, who is this? Even though I'm answering going, Hey, pulp show, uh, pulp and mech show. What's up? This is Courtney. You know, yeah. what's your question kind of thing. And people are still going, wait, pulp show is this a pulp show do they call the right number so it <laughs> yeah, was easy for me i think harder for callers yeah i guess because if they didn't happen to see that segment at the beginning they didn't know you were doing that right or if they weren't exactly. maybe they were just listening live and they didn't catch it so yeah that's pretty cool all right so did you get any you know besides me any creepy callers any uh you know anything uncomfortable no not at all not nice. at all um no, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty fluid. I mean, okay. nothing, nothing too weird. There's definitely different levels of phone calls. I thought there'd be more right in the beginning of the show, but definitely more quiet when guests call. Um, and then you kind of have your weird random spots where it dies out and then all of a sudden it picked back up and then my lines would be full. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, super easy. Everybody was super chill. Um, I thought for sure they were going to be a bunch of haters, but, um, everybody was really cool, really supportive. Pulp nation really, uh, really pulled through. So I appreciate it. Yeah. I really, I didn't expect haters, but I expected some creepy dudes, you know, kind of like me, <laughs> kind of like me on air. Right. There's, there's always creepy <laughs> dudes. Yeah. yeah. Well I got, cause I got blasted on discord and a few other things about being a creep and like, I was like, nah. dude, like I know Courtney a little bit and I know Travis, yeah. you know, so I wasn't like, it was, I was joking. You know I mean? Not, I mean, you mm. are obviously very beautiful, but I wasn't like being, no, gross, so. no, you've never been, no, you've no, never been gross. Not I'm style. not worried about you dark side. Nah. Right. Right. So I'm glad you did it. I thought it was really cool. Um, and I know you've been, well, okay, let's step back. The new house, Steve keeps saying, oh, it's only 200 square feet more than the old house. It's basically the same square footage and maybe it is, but this house, I want your perspective of this house compared to the old house. So I actually never saw the old house oh, really? they were in it. Yeah. Which I didn't realize until I was in this new house. I had seen the one prior to yep. that. 
Um, but not that one in between, which is weird. And I think I've actually been at the house. I just had never been inside, which I didn't realize until yesterday. Um, but I mean, this house has to be an upgrade, right? I mean, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful home. There's, there's no arguing that. Um, but yeah, beautiful home. You know, they've got the pool out back to, um, kick it with, they got that ice maker, you know, the famous ice maker, um, and Augie, I mean, come on, Augie's the best part, right? Yeah, the new Bassett, right? The Bassett, yeah. yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah, yeah I, so. I, I guess I get to see it in two weeks. So I'll see it on the 28th. Yeah, I, I mean, hey, maybe I'll see you then too. You know, somebody might be out of a job after last night. I don't know. They, they probably <laughs> should be. And if nothing else, you can just come hang yeah. out. You know, Kiefer's going to be yeah, there. I mean, that's, yeah. gonna, that's always a party. Yeah, that's always a good time for sure. But yeah, I mean, I that's what I told him. I was like, hey, this wasn't too shabby. If you guys ever need me, let me know, you know. Sorry, Talon, you're out, dude. Yeah, right. You're out. <laughs> um, okay, so a couple more questions. Any yeah. any uh, thing that you were really surprised with with the show? Because I don't think you've ever sat in for the whole show. I know you've kind of been in and out of the studio, but like, w- was there anything that surprised you with the process of the show? No, I think the weirdest thing are the delays. Um, like Travis has monitors where he can watch um, all of his cameras because that's kind of his part of what he's doing. Right. Um, the, you know, what talent and tits are doing is more phones and then some drops and things like that. And even the drops were a little, like, you definitely have to be used to the screen and the system of what's going on. So I didn't do as many of those until the second half of the show and then dropped a few. Um, but the weirdest part is like the delay of all of it, because you can't, the, I've got, uh, Steve in the show in one ear and then I've got phones on the other ear. And then if you're watching, it's delayed on YouTube and things like that. So just trying to navigate that and how to respond, even callers sometimes come through kind of delayed and there's this weird, like overlap of everybody talking. So, um, that's kind of the weirdest part, but not hard, just took some getting used to. So yeah, it's funny. um, I'm I'm looking at my, my producer right now, cause we just finished our show and he's actually working on some of that stuff with the YouTube. We use the same system and everything. And your, your husband has helped us out a tremendous amount with getting it working. So he's actually working on some of the delay right now for the, the audio sync. Same thing that same thing they had problems with last week. We've been having problems with. So yeah, we're, we're working on that. So yeah. Thank, um, thank goodness for uh for that dune goon no one, yeah no he's, one he's not a bad guy i don't <laughs> yeah he's great we I love him i don't know if he uh told you what i texted him but i was like I, I during the show i said look man you're not because he said i'm basement and i was like dude you're not basement like your personality makes up for it all you he's just like he, it, he's a he's a good dude man his personality is uh you know he, he's what do they say nice guys finish last but i think in this case they do not yeah, no, he's he's like penthouse, you know. I know it's like a funny <laughs> joke, but he's uh he's really great, honestly. If if anything's not to be sappy, but like if anybody's basement, it's it's me. So wow. uh, you know, the, the behind the scenes of of uh Doom Goon are, are uh he's he's a pretty great guy. Well TJ's got his headphones so. on. Mark's must be like hung or stir I don't I don't know. <laughs> when she said penthouse when you said penthouse, like my mind instantly went to the magazine penthouse. I didn't, then I, then I realized you meant basement versus penthouse. And I, hey, take it, take it how you want it. Yeah. He's, uh, yeah. he's, he's well, right across the board, man. I'm not going to lie. Uh, oh, damn. Oh, all right. That's awesome. Courtney, you are a lot of fun to talk to a lot of fun having on the show. And I, I really enjoy, I enjoyed you being on the show last night. So great job. Thank you cool, for coming yeah. on here giving us your perspective a little bit and hopefully you're back in again. And I want that picture in picture. I want a camera on you at all times. 
hey, yeah, we'll we'll make something happen. I'm, I mean, uh, we're, we'll probably switch something up in the future, and yeah. hopefully, yeah, hopefully, I didn't get fired. Um, uh, I don't think so. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, they'll have me back in studio. So yeah, hopefully, the fans uh, liked it, and uh, yeah, yeah, I'll be awesome. back on eventually. So well, that was great. Thanks, Courtney, for spending cool. some time with us. Yeah, anytime, Dark Side. Thanks okay. for having me. All right, have a good night. Bye. You Bye. Too. Why would you want to re-talk about the Pulp Show? Dancing.